Welcome to You Hair Big Girls Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Mom Taco. And I'm Luna. And this month we're joined by two very special guests because normally we don't really invite people that not only listen to us, but are we are also a fan of. So uh, we have Fire Lord Sika, who gave us our chapter impressions on last month's bonus episode. And also live tweets her reactions to the podcast. And then there is Andrew, better known as Andrew Allstars, who, well, for me, I know him best for his live reactions to the chapter, which always cracked me up. And uh, have you listened to our podcast before, Andrew? I have. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I, have listen, I have listened to one of them, yeah. Um, but it's just one. Of one. Them okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the two so years, nice, it's nice good you've listened to one. <laughs> it's nothing personal, uh, of course, nothing like that at all. But I'll have to definitely tune into them uh, more often with the uh, closing of the manga. Ah, uh, you have to now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew, you're one of our more requested guests. We've had several people requesting you. And I know that you had said that you would be our guest for the Zeke death, I think, when we first talked about mm-hmm. this like a year yeah. ago. So I really appreciate uh, you joining now. And I hope that Hanj and Flock's death is good enough. I hope that that's spicy enough for you. It is actually yes. In hindsight, it is one hundred percent. I think we're going to have some great conversations today, and it's it's honestly, I think, I think, I think uh, we'll. I'll probably be surprised, and uh, uh, obviously, you three and your opinions, and uh, hopefully, I have uh, something that you might not have thought to offer as well, and what I actually think ahead of time. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows if we'll even see Zeke again? And I did catch like the last bit of your live stream. Oh no! Where you were like, no. "Oh no, I'm not losing two of my favorite characters in one chapter." So that's why I was like, "We have to have him on this month." <laughs> I am blushing, by the way, right now, just to let you know. Aww. I am embarrassed. <laughs> you should be glad Luna introduced you because I was going to use the line "YouTube sensation Andrew All Stars" just for old time's sake. Yeah, I was going to introduce myself as that, but you know, it's it's all. <laughs> I don't take that seriously. It is just a joke, but it goes a bit too far, obviously, sometimes. But yeah, I don't really think I am. Obviously, obviously. Mm. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) And so our uh, second guest is Fire Lord Sika. I hope uh, you'll be a bit nicer to us than Fire Lord Ozai. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mind if I ask? Is that actually like a reference? I mean, I know it's a bit silly to ask. Is it a reference? It likely is. But uh, are you a fan of Avatar, by the way? Just can I ask that? Yes, that's that's where I got that reference from. Yep. Obviously not on the podcast, but I'll have to ask you a bit more about it later because I'm a massive fan of uh, uh, Ang. Ang and the gang. Even even uh, Cora as well. If we decide to do the Avatar podcast after this, we uh, we know who our guests will be. Just summon us back. <laughs> as long as we don't talk about the live adaption film, let's just forget that exists, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> we'll have to have a watch party. For sure. Okay, well, um, you've never listened to the podcast, Andrew, but if you did, you'd know that we always start with chapter impressions, (laughs) typically one or two minutes just to kind of get the general idea of what you thought about it. Uh, Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you have a favorite part? Anything disappointing? I'd like to start with Sika, and then we'll move on to Andrew. So Sika, what'd you think? (laughs) My first read, obviously, I did not like this chapter at all. Um, Hanji's my favorite character, so... To see them die really hurt me, but after reading it a second and third time and then getting the official translations, I actually really do love this chapter. If I had to give it a rating, I'd probably give it a nine and a half out of ten. I usually Wow. Yeah, I usually don't rate chapters that high. I usually stick to like a solid eight, but so much happened in this chapter and there was a lot of things that I just I really loved. I know we'll touch on that later, but yeah, this chapter, 
yeah, it was big for me. I really enjoyed it. All right. What about you, Andrew? I think when it comes to my reaction and response, this has probably been one of the chapters that I've been all over the place with. Well, it has been at least until, of course, that Zeke's death or slash, you know, I thought he was dead halfway through the chapter back in 115. Um, I hated it to start with. But when I said I hated it, um, I don't mean I disliked the actual chapter. I just was, you know, very into the chapter and I was kind of, uh, you know, acting a bit impulsively on emotions, I think. In hindsight, I think I'm quite like um, Seeker here in that, that in, with official translations, sitting down, you know, with a cup of tea or something and reading it on my own and digesting it, I appreciated it a lot more. Um, I've not had a lot of chance to discuss it or, you know, look at my own server or anywhere else for discussion about it. So I'm not sure what people think, but I think I'd definitely probably give it a, a 7.5 or an 8 out of 10. Whereas originally, had you asked me back on Monday uh, slash Tuesday, it probably would have been a 5. Mm. But again, I'll, there's are, there are things I don't like about this chapter, but there are things that I do like and some things that I think are good but weren't handled as they could have been. Um, but again, we'll get into that, of course, when we get into it uh, later. What about you, Luna? And I haven't discussed the chapter with you at all. So I, I know you like Barely, it. But I know. That- yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because I can introduce Sika like, oh, we always agree. And then this is the one thing we really disagree on, in, at least on the first read, because I loved it. So I read it with one of our former friends, Cash, because we were playing a game together and then the fanlation dropped and we were like, okay, let's read it now. And I was really impressed with it because we got a lot of things happening, lots of different things. I liked the way it played out. But like Andrew, I also was like on an emotional roller coaster because there were lots of things that I found incredibly funny, but other things that I found incredibly frustrating or, you know, and then it ended with Hanji dying, which, you know, didn't, yeah, that left me quite sad as well. So for me, I'd say the chapter on the first read through got like an 8.5 out of 10. I still have my gripes with some things, but overall the good outweighs the bad. But now that I'm looking back on it, I don't really know how I feel about it. I don't know. Maybe we should discuss it more and then I'll find out how I feel about it now. <laughs> what about you? What what were your thoughts? Aside from the last panel, because I already know. <laughs> I am the only person in this group that had spoiled spoilers. Mm. So I knew what was coming when I read it. And I, you know that I think that took some of the sting away. So I was more focused on how it happened and the things in the spoilers that I was confused about as I was reading it. So one thing that was not spoiled, though, was that last sequence. And you know me, I don't want to say it stole the thunder of the chapter, but it's definitely like all I could think about was that kind of afterlife scene at the end. And I was a little frustrated by it, too, because I wanted to cry for Hanji's death. Like I wanted to be completely devastated and heartbroken. They were my favorite character for a very long time as well. And I found that last panel so jarring that I I didn't cry. I I just was like, oh, okay, this is different. I did love the chapter. And when the official came out, I read it. Every time I read it, I love it more. I do think that, like the rest of you, I have my concerns. To me, it was just a little too fast, a little too chaotic. I like everything that happened. It's just, you know, it was a lot. So I, for me, probably 8 out of 10. I, I definitely, it was a good chapter. Very good chapter. A heartbreaking one, but the, the scenes that kind of broke my heart were not necessarily Hanji's death. It was like all the little heartbreaks along the way, all the goodbyes that happened. I thought Isayama did all of those goodbyes extremely well. I guess those will be what we're talking about in our podcast today. All of those goodbyes. 
We're going to start our conversation with Annie, who was the first person to exit the chapter. What did you guys think about that development? Were you surprised? Did you see it coming? Who wants to kick things off with the Annie conversation? Was I surprised? No. Did I want it to happen? No. But I mean, it is what it is. I just, I felt like there was still more there for her. They could have, he could have developed that a lot more. I kind of look at it like the whole Porco situation, just a little bit of wasted potential. Yeah, I know he brought her back to just tie up her story from being frozen in the crystal. And then obviously she was needed to help defend everyone at the port when they were trying to get on the boat. But he finally makes it, I guess, canon or obvious, the whole Armin-Annie romance, just to have her leave. So I just, I wasn't surprised that she left just because I know how Yams is, but I was hoping this wasn't her time to go. I think even last month when we did our chapter predictions, I had thought that Peek would be the one that would stay behind with Mm -hmm. the kids because I knew somebody had to Mm, stay behind with the kids. Someone had to stay to kind of look after them. And I I really thought, oh, well, Peek, there's no real role for them here. Annie can still be developed, but I guess that's EMs for you. (laughs) My issue is, I mean, again, talking about Annie here, is that I feel she's come back into the story a bit too late. And by that, I mean the fact that not because, of course, it's been that long, but her sudden, not infatuation, but interest in Armin has potential. But I think there could have been a bit more context uh, delivered had Annie come out of the crystal earlier. Obviously, the question is, how would that have happened? But I think there could have been a bit more work with Annie and Armin after she got out of the crystal, had it happened prior, because maybe people would disagree. I think that Izyama's handling of romance in this manga isn't obviously a major aspect, but I think examples of that have always been quite poor, or they've been very surface level in my opinion. So while I've got Annie and Armin here, it's touching, and I understand of course Armin's interest in her could be genuine, and it most likely is, but obviously Bertolt's memories could be influencing that, because Bertolt's like Annie. I just don't personally, I don't feel, in, I don't, not that I don't feel in fault, I just think it could have been handled better with Annie, and I think Annie and Armin in this situation could have worked for me as a reader, but I don't really have much interest in it, and it kind of just came across in the past couple of months as something that Annie felt, and it doesn't really add much to a character, or hasn't so far, for me to actually consider it uh, anything worth noting for her. Saying that, though, I do like um, her attitude. I think her stalwart nature in acting the way that she is, the way that she doesn't want to go fight, and, you know, I think that really does fit her, her character, how she was prior to her being crystallized before chapter 33. That's fine and it works, but again, I would have liked to have seen her a bit sooner to have more development and fleshed out content for her in regards to Armin and overall too. I have to say I agree with that. From Armin's side, it makes sense, right? He spent four years, like, talking to this girl, perhaps idolizing her from, you know, what he thought she would be like. Then there's Annie, and she comes out of the crystal, and immediately, out of nowhere, she has this infatuation with Armin, and it's like, but why? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right like i don't i don't understand it from her side i'm glad that she has a bond with someone now you know because the only bond she had before was her father and she thinks that he's dead now so it's good that she has armin but on the other hand if she has that bond now you know i would hope it would trigger something in her to help protect that and then at this point, she's like, well, just let me live my last moments in peace. So not only <laughs> does she not want to fight, it also kind of gives away that she thinks they're not going to succeed in stopping Eren. 
<laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> she had her little moment riding off into the sunset. <laughs> Let me be at peace. I just liked how Mikasa just noticed it straight away like that. That was mm -hmm. actually one of that one of the one of the parts of the chapter that made me actually smile. Because that is I mean, maybe we'll talk about it later, I'm not sure. But. I laughed out loud. That face she made was gorgeous. <laughs> oh, it's been memed to death already. Like I just <laughs> Meme of the month. <laughs> yes. But I find that kind of it's I wouldn't say it's endearing per se, but I like the touch that she saw it straight away and understands mm. that through her own understanding of how she feels potentially towards Erin. Um, so that was a nice little touch there, I think, with Mikasa and Annie. Luna, you just said that you kind of felt like it came out of nowhere on Annie's end, but yeah. I think Mikasa's surprise at that sort of emphasized that, that Annie wasn't even aware of it, like it just happened. Mikasa doesn't get a tremendous amount of character development, or she does, but it's always very subtle. But one thing I've always loved about Mikasa is that, listen to me saying her name 12 different times in the course <laughs> of three minutes. Um, one thing I really love about this character is that she's very kind-hearted, I think, is a way to put it. Like, you know, after Emir left, she kind of clung with Historia. She was always pictured with Historia. Uh, there's an anime-only scene where she's with Hannah Diamante, the uh, Hannah and Franz chick. You know, she was aware of Marlowe's and Hitch's situation. She's just very kind-hearted. And I think once she realized that that spark was there and seeing Mikasa react to it and react so positively, I thought it was just incredible moment for Mikasa. I was very, very happy for that. I'd have to actually agree with Mikasa as well, whereas I've never obviously been a fan of her. I think I've mentioned that way too many times in the past. But obviously, I think that she has grown on me to the extent where, you know, I'm, I'm not going to discredit her character, at least with the present situation or anything. Um, I do feel like she was always a bit angsty, go back to the uh, Clash of Titan arc. But as you mentioned before, with um, Ymir leaving and obviously all the characters in the one and fourth having to grow up, mature and experience something, you know, alongside the Titans and the outside world, I think Mikasa has grown quite She's not the same angsty kid that she was, and she comes across a lot more endearing as well. I, I mean, I used that word before, but I do kind of understand where you're coming from there, Montaku, and I'd have to agree with the fact that there is a lot of development there, but it's not very present in written format. It's subtle, it's behind the scenes, it's the way that she looks, interacts from behind the scenes that really showcases her character maturing um, and aging with time. I would still like a bit more development, but, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Yeah, development. Um, at the end, the, Annie asked her where her scarf was. And she said, you know, I still have it, but I'm not wearing it. And then later on, Annie asks her if she's gonna, I think it was Annie, if she plans on killing Aaron. And she's like, I plan on bringing him back. What do you guys think about that? I don't think that rules out killing him. Really? Really. Like, it's not... She may not view it as killing him. She may view it as saving him. She could help end his life without her considering it killing him, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense or not. You know, you kill mm -hmm. someone to save them or you help them realize what they've done wrong and then you help them end it. And ending it might mean something tragic for them. I think that she's resolved to do what she has to do. And if that means killing him, I don't think she wants to use that word. I think she's going to view it more as saving him, hopefully, if she can. But I'm probably all alone on that. <laughs> I agree with you on that. Like, I don't think she'll use that particular verbiage of killing him, but I, I agree with you on that. 
I've thought the fact that she's not wearing it is because she's saving it, not for herself, but to wrap around Erin. Yep, in a yep. sense that, mm-hmm. obviously, yep. in the final panel, I mean, again, 2,000 years from now, this is just random points. Obviously, when Erin is in Pathways from last chapter and Armin sees him as a kid, I'm wondering if Mikasa will get to Erin, get to his actual human body when he's dying or something else, wrap it around him and say, you know, so long, Erin, something like that. It's kind of obvious, maybe. But, you know, if he does die, I reckon Mikasa will be there in the final moments. And if she isn't going to kill him, I reckon that they'll be the last two to interact with each other before Erin either does die or... Uh, who knows what will happen after. Yeah, when you think about the symbolism of the scarf, it was having a home, having a family. Mikasa had just lost her family. Aaron gave her a new one. And then, of course, in chapter, was it 123? What am I to you, your family? You know, like this theme of the scarf and family and of having someone to belong to. You know, I see that happening again, just like you do, Andrew. If, if we don't get that, I'll be very disappointed. Now, I imagine her like... Uh taking his body back to that tree where he had the dream. Oh, you think Aaron will take the body back? No, Mikasa will take Aaron's body back. Oh, oh, you mean like to bury him under it? You're not talking like to bury him, do you? I don't know. Like, I don't... Maybe just leave it there to waste away. I don't know. (laughs) You think they're gonna... Yeah, I think he's gonna... She's gonna take him back to Shiganshina, back home. Okay. His body, at least. But I, I don't know if she's going to be the one who will kill him. She might assist in it, but I don't think she can put herself through that. I think that will be a bit too much. Something that I thought, I know, Andrew, like you're not as involved in fandom as I am. Mikasa, like the fandom really does love to beat up on her. Yeah, I see the expressions like, you know, oh, he's killing everybody. He's genociding the world, but she's not willing to kill him. Like they're very, very critical of her in that regard. But I couldn't help but notice in this chapter, when Reiner suggests about the explosives, oh, you want to use them on Aaron? And Armin immediately gets the sweat drop. There's the dot, dot, dot. And he's like, I'm not sure. (laughs) You know, so I, I just, I think it's a lot to ask either of these characters to want to kill their best friend. But I just, you know, I don't see Armin getting quite as much, not beat up on quite as much for his relationship or his, um, Concern there about Aaron as Mikasa does. Just wanted to bring that up <laughs> for all my Mikasa friends out there. I probably couldn't chime in too much because I'm not aware of again what people um, really you know uh, think as a fandom do overall. Um, but I, I can imagine she probably gets a lot of shit. If I can, can, can I swear? Sorry, I don't know. If I'm shit is fine. So, <laughs> yes. Right, we'll just keep it keep, keep it to a minimum. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine she gets more. I mean, she always has done really anyway, from my understanding. But now, I mean, always has. But I've seen a lot of hatred for Armin as well. Uh, but again, I think it's because of what you said, because they just don't act. A lot of people think they're cowardly, they're boring, they're cliche. And um, a lot of people hate Armin because he's very, he cries and because he's very, <laughs> he's very vulnerable. Well, they do. It, it's, it's something that I've always argued against because I've always liked Armin. I mean, he does annoy me sometimes, but I've always liked Armin because he's somebody that does show a lot of emotion, a lot of response, and a lot of care and concern. But at the same time, he's got like a, it's not just about him. He understands the bigger picture. He tries to understand the other side. And he's always been that kind of character. He's trying to learn more, hence why I assume Andrew gave him the role, which he says his chapter as well. But yeah, he gets a lot of crap for that kind of thing. And it's really off-putting when people don't like him because he's small, he's a bit vulnerable, he's emotional. And, you know, they're, just, they're essentially being the bullies that bullied Armin at the start of the manga. And I wonder if these Ooh. people realize that. They're essentially bullying him like they did. And, you know, they're, they're people that support Eren, but Eren would be 
the crap out of them <laughs> had it been different circumstances. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> In that regard, so that always bothers me about Armin. I'm sure you might feel the same about Mikasa as well, um, with what people might say, but yeah. Yeah, I just... It seems like as we're getting towards the end of the manga, people are getting... Um, like They want more from the characters that they care about. You know, time is running out and I'm things are ending <laughs> and they're not going to get what they want. And so they're like, it, it's almost like fandom. And I've never been a part of a fandom like I have been in Attack on Titan. I kind of wonder if that's just normal, like when Full Metal Alchemist was wrapping up or, you know, any other monthly series was wrapping up. Did it get the same way? Did people like literally get crazy the last six months? I wonder if it's just that constant wanting more and knowing you might not get it and maybe some bitterness involved in that i wasn't i was there like for the ending so i i was invested in it but not as invested as in this story i i maybe because i relate to the characters more because they feel more human also like i really want to see where does everything go how how do they end up i feel i feel too attached <laughs> i need help mm-hmm mom taki you mentioned before that how you couldn't cry at the end and like as Zuni said, you know, it, it's very emotional, but we've been along with it for so long. You've, we've kind of steeled ourselves to expect the worst. Uh -huh. So when it does come along, you either overreact <laughs> in my case sometimes, or you don't react at all. And it's very hard to kind of balance it out because we've been with the manga for that long that we're just expecting anything to happen at any moment. So yeah, that's interesting. And I think when you've been in the character in a series a long time and you've lost so many characters, like you know you're going to survive. It's going to be okay. Been through this, been here, done that. You know that whole mentality. And and honestly, like every of every time I've lost a character, it's almost been like a sense of gratitude because they're not in this mess anymore. It's there's definitely relief to that. Yeah, and then there's me, whose favorite character is Reiner, and. <laughs> 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 who once again tried to die luna what's up with your boy why can't why won't anybody I don't know. let him die i love i love his face when you know ani was all like i man i've lost count how many times i wanted to kill you and he just looks down and it's like well you certainly showed some self-restraint and i don't know if he was joking or if he was like well you should have done it when you had the chance we both would have been happier for it like <laughs> Like, at least Annie took it as a joke because she laughed. That's one of my favorite panels this chapter because she never really genuinely laughs. And their little hug, too. I didn't see that. That I, yes. I got choked up at the hug. I mean, for all we know, like, they've had more body contact than she oh and Armin God. had. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> or, or was there boat sex? Was there boat sex involved in somehow? <laughs> I will never had forget to go that there, question. Luna. I mean, it's such an iconic question. How can I not? Andrew's like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't um, Don Xavier the one that asked about the boat sex? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, he what? asked this month. I, it's, you'll have to listen back, Andrew. <laughs> I think it was two podcasts ago, 130, 131, whatever. Let me go ahead and read Don Xavier's question this month. He wanted us to mention that constant focus on the question of whether or not Mikasa can kill Aaron. Do we think that she'll be involved in his death? And I know that we've already touched on that, but I just kind of want a yes or no from all of you. Do you think Mikasa can kill Aaron? Sika, you go first and then Andrew. Yes, I think she can. I just, I don't think she'll be the one to do it. I say like you did earlier, um, I think she's got the resolve to do what she has to do. I just 
I think she'll play a part in it. She just won't be the one to deal, I guess, the killing blow. What do you think, Andrew? I can only really see us. I, know. I, can't, I can't say it. it could be circumstantial, can I? Oh, um, yes and no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you would have rather had the boat sex question, huh? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that's an easy one to answer. Um, no. I'll say no. No? No. What about you, Luna? Do you think she can kill Aaron? I mean, I, I already gave my answer. No, I, I don't think she's there. Or, and I also don't think she needs to be. I, I think she knows what needs to be done. And I'm sure she's okay with letting others do that if necessary. That's what I agree with, because yep. I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well in the past, of wanting Mikasa to separate from Eren and, you know, do something that would showcase that. But I think at this point in the story, given how she's, you know, again, behind the scenes doing her own thing, I think it's got that to that point now where she doesn't really need to prove herself as separate from Eren. And I don't think it would add, add, any, add any particular weight to her character if she was the one to kill him. So I'd rather she didn't. You know, she'd be there, she'd help out, definitely. But I don't want her to be the one that does it. She doesn't need to, to, to prove anything. But her wrapping a scarf, yeah, I'd like that. And I just second everything you just said. He, she shouldn't have to. That's not, she doesn't have to prove her development to anybody. It's not, that's not what this is about. Our uh, next ask from Twitter was from Minty, who just left us the comment, Isayama pulled off Aruani, right? Did he? Did he pull it off? And I know, Andrew, you've already commented. Sika, I remember last month you mentioned that that was actually something that you, you just, you went for it. Like you saw the Annie Armin setup and were just like, I'll take it. Do you still feel that way? Did he pull it off? Um, <laughs> you would call me out on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm, like I'll go half yes, half no. I mean, I think, I think they're cute, but I just, I kind of agree with you guys that it's just, like with Andrew's, how he said it was just a little bit rushed, how it just kind of, he just started throwing things in there. I mean, they've had interactions in the past, and I think her caring for him was always there, be it romantically or not. I mean, she didn't kill him in the female Titan arc when she saw his face. I mean, if she was smart, she would have done that, because I'm sure she knows that he was smart enough to figure out who she was, and that put her in jeopardy, but... I do like it. I just, I feel like it was just all kind of thrown together too quick. Like I said in my chapter impressions last month too, that I just wasn't sure of the placing of it. So that's kind of where I stand with it. I think it was halfway pulled off. I don't think it was successfully pulled off to everyone. Hmm. I don't really have much to offer um, apart from what I've said. It's not, not nothing personal. Obviously, I don't really do shipping as a thing. Um, I think you've noticed any, I'm, my understanding of it is very uh, misinformed, <laughs> I think. And I don't personally kind of get into that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I, I just stick with what I said before. Do I think they would work? I think if, if it did, we would need more development prior to what's already happened for me to go along with it and enjoy it as a reader. That's all I can really offer. But I think it would be cute, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I just, it was I could, very I, cute. It was very cute. It just it needs more development. Yeah. And I think the, the, the art, this chapter, where Isayama does eyes so well anyway, but just focusing on the eye contact, the tears, the, I mean, he, I, he sold it to me. I, I, I accept it. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really ship them with anybody anyway. So I don't really, I didn't have a, a prior horse in this race, I guess. But yeah, I, I think um, he pulled it off for me. Well, I'm with Andrew on this one. 
and I guess with Zika as well. Like it just needed for me more development, but especially from Annie's side. So do you think this is the end for her? Like in the in the main story, I'm, I'm sure we'll see something about her in the epilogue, but will she be involved in stopping Eren somehow? Or is this like the the end of for Annie? Iziyama is very hard to predict, and I wouldn't even want to think about it potentially because a lot of the time we, you know, even this chapter was like quite a surprise in some ways. But I, I think it might be a little bit too cliche and obvious for her to change her mind last minute and go and join them. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't mind it either. But again, it depends on how Iziyama presents that and showcases it. Um, will she, you know, decide to go and help, um, you know, and stop thinking about herself? Um, which was always the case going home to her father, will she get past that hurdle and go join them last minute? Will that finish a character arc for her actually, you know, having some faith and belief in something? And you know, even if it's just Armin and that develops further, or will she just remain as she always has, this very introverted young lady now? This, I mean, has she aged? I don't know. Is she still a teenager? Well, how old is she now? She's technically 19, right? 20. Or- something like that. But yeah, it's still yeah. in the body. Her her brain didn't develop in that crystal, so... She was conscious of the passage of time, though. Like, whether her body did or not, she was conscious of the passage of time. But has she mentally grown? Like, or is she still mentally, like, 15 years old or 16 years old? I mean, you got a lot of time alone to think about things, and I would I would assume that she's aged immeasurably <laughs> during that time in the crystal. That's what I would think, too. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I... I would hope this isn't, like I said earlier, the end for Annie. I mean, I don't know how you guys took the boat and the ship sailing away, but currently it looks like they're both going in the same direction. So they haven't technically parted ways yet. I don't know if y'all got that from that panel or not, but that's what I did. So who's to say, you know, Annie might not pull like a a Hinata moment from Naruto and see... (laughs) Armin get hurt, and then she just jumps off the boat and professes her love while, you know, killing other colossal titans that are hurting him. But I still think there's stuff that could be developed there, not just with their actual relationship, but just with her in general. I mean, I know she was always presented as emotionless, but I think she is a person that actually wants to show emotion. Obviously, her little crush on I guess we'll call it her little crush on Armin. But, I mean, we've seen her in other instances in the story show emotion. So that's like when she killed that Titan for Connie. I mean, she could have let him die. She chose not to. She obviously, even if it was just a little bit of emotion, she felt something for him. But mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm hoping this isn't how her story gets wrapped up. Because I was so excited when he brought her back. And I, I prepared myself for okay, he's just showing her again to tie up the fact that Aaron's rumbling broke all hardening, but just seeing them continually pop up in the chapters just really got me excited. And then now we just, we have this. So I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if that's how her story ends, but I'm hoping it's not. I was just thinking there while Alsiki was talking about it, um, obviously with her and the ship going the same way, again, maybe some people might find it cliche, but if they do go the same way, and obviously... If you think about it, of course, you've got Reiner and Pierre, and you've got um, Armin in Titan form. I don't think Armin could ever kill Eren. I don't think Reiner has the... I don't think he has, at this point, uh, the moral... Not the moral high ground, but the the will. I think he's just kind of, at that point... He will fight, but I think he's not going to amount to much. But if Annie appears on the boat with the kids after Eren has 
you know, managed to put down Armin and everybody. But this is for this is for Annie's sake because if Annie sees this, she sees Armin hurt. She sees the person that's killed her, her father back home and ruined everything, and then she lets it all out because Annie's way of Annie's way of showing herself is by a martial arts, and obviously. Annie is somebody that could probably take on Eren and fight him, you know, one to one. We've seen that firsthand. Eren did have the upper hand at the end, but again, it would be nice to see her come and fight him, perhaps at some point, and let all of that emotional baggage out that she's had within her. Maybe while in the crystal before the fact that Eren did all this, that Armin's hurt. That would be kind of a nice touch on her, I think, and it would show her develop and open up at the end, perhaps. As you know, she comes in towards the end, and Eren's like, "Oh crap!" and you know, <laughs> another one, uh, if you will. <laughs> Like, I don't know what I want now because, like, my idealization for Annie was going to be like, you've already had two cities completely evacuated now. Oh my like, God. Running into the Jesus other, eva- I know, wrong manga, <laughs> running into more evacuees and reuniting with her dad and Falco mm. and whatever. No, Falco that, and that Gabby could be in the epilogue. I I, listen, I kind of like Andrew's idea, but I hope it's not because, you know, the boat is heading the same way. And, you know, she sees Armin getting hurt. I, I hope the boat is going as far away f- as possible from the Colossals <laughs> because the kids are on it and the kids need to stay safe. So, but yeah, we have two shifters on that boat. <laughs> yeah. I don't see them not, you know, being involved in stopping all of this somehow. And I hope, I hope Ani is like, you know, she feels that bond with Armin. She's like, wait, what am I doing? I finally have that bond with someone. The only thing that I'll, you know, the only bond that I'll probably ever have right now, you know, I should at least try and and hold on to that. So I think she wants to keep him safe, at least, at the very least. So she won't do it for humanity's sake or the aliens or whatever. She will do it for her own selfish desires, which I'm okay with at this point, because, you know, what else does she have going for her, as she mentioned this chapter? I think it's a nice message as well. I hope she has a change of heart, and I hope, like... She takes at least Falco with her. <laughs> uh, one more question I had about Annie's departure was that people were like saying that she has already done so much fighting. Oh, like how they were depending on, really depending on her? Yeah, and then he said, well, Annie's done more than enough fighting. And Annie said, like, just let me live in peace for my final moments. And I'm like, has she really done more than enough fighting compared to everyone else? <laughs> I fight, I bet, too. What? <laughs> Out of all the characters, she has done, she has the least, (laughs) (laughs) no, (laughs) that really rubbed me the wrong way. (laughs) Like on my quibble list of things I didn't really like in this chapter, that little bit of dialogue, I was just like, really, really, Connie, is that, mm, I mean, y'all have been fighting for four years and God knows how many wars and doing things, but Annie's just been stuck in a crystal, but she's done enough fighting. She's, she, she doesn't want to fight. She doesn't want to be involved with anything. But yeah, she's done more than enough. What? <sighs> <laughs> the world is ending. Let's let one of our most important weapons go off into the sunset. No, yeah. But the, you, yeah, I have a quibble with that. But, okay, let's say compared to other people, let's, let's leave that for now. Do you think if we leave other people, like we don't take them into consideration, do you guys think Ani has deserved her rest or like, you know, this... This choice? Not really. I mean, on her own, yes. But if we're comparing her to other characters, no. And I say that not to, you know, to attack her. And it's not because she's been in a crystal for so long. But unlike someone like, um, I mean, I, I know Ryan is probably the typical example. 
she's done what she's done. I don't want to say that she hasn't suffered for what she's done because maybe she shouldn't have to, but we have to bear in mind all of Survey Call that she killed, Levi's squad and everything else. And yeah, she's lost her parents, but so many characters in this manga have been through and lost a lot more. So I wouldn't put on the top of my list for those that deserve rest the most. But I'm not saying that she shouldn't have a happy ending, but I definitely wouldn't put it near the top of those that deserve rest and peace, personally. How about you, Sika? How do you feel about Connie saying that? I mean, I kind of agree with y'all. I, I, I don't think she, it should be time for her to rest yet. I mean, we just got her back. She's been in her crystal, so... And like I said, I just, I really want, I don't want her story to be done. So yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's time. I think that's also maybe part of me is wishful thinking. Like if this is it, if she just came back for a ha ha pie, right. the port, <laughs> and then, you know, some, some Toodaloo. blushy faces at Armin and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very disappointed. So I feel there has to be more. This, this cannot be the ending. Yeah, two shifters on a boat going away from the fight just doesn't make sense. No. So Agreed, yeah. And Falco's Titan design looks so cool. I want to see it again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to see that Titan again at some point. Big bird. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> so somebody else, I think, that was left on the boat was Yelena, who I assume is the next person who is going to be biting the dust since Isayama went to all that effort of drawing her Sweat drops and feverish from Magath's broken arm. I have a feeling, I think um, in the polls, most people have predicted that Yelena would have been the one to die before Hanji and some of the others, but I don't think she's long for the world at this point. I, I actually really, really loved that little moment that we had with Yelena. And I have been waiting since like chapter 113 to find out why Aaron sat in jail for a month. Like, I think I had come up with headcanons about why he sat in the jail for a month. Why did he have to get to Shiganshina? Whenever we would have these meta conversations, we would always ask these questions. Why Shiganshina? What, what was the timetable? What was this all about? What were they doing? And finally, finally, chapter 132, we get that answer. Was, were you guys waiting for that too? Or were those just like little pedantic things that didn't bother you? Coming into the chapter, I think it'd been that long. I'd honestly just kind of just brushed it aside, if I'm being honest, as something we get context for. So seeing it was, well, I wouldn't say a relief, but yes. Um, but I wasn't expecting to actually see it um, at this point in time. Already context around that. Yeah, I didn't think we would ever get the answers for why it took so long. But it was really nice for me to know, especially that Zeke and Aaron agreed to do a partial rumbling. Like, that was part of their plan. And like I said, I think probably most of us had assumed that Zeke was on board with at least a partial rumbling. But this was kind of that confirmation that mm -hmm. they were going to do that. And also, according to Yelena, that that would have been enough, that Aaron does not need to do what he's doing. I know a lot of people kind of debate the morality of, of the rumbling, partial rumbling, full rumbling, and so on. But I think this chapter tried to emphasize the point, even somebody like Yelena, who was all about basically, you know, genociding or euthanizing entire race, thought that a partial rumbling, a few hundred titans, would have decimated the world, bankrupted the nations to the point that Paradis would have been at peace. Sometimes I think Isayama's like talking to us as a fandom. That seemed like one of those moments where he was talking to us. Hmm. I'm not sure because I always felt like that was their goal, right? To create peace. And then with the use of the nature plan, everyone would die and there wouldn't be any offspring. So 
give or take like a hundred years and every alien would be dead. And the problem would be, um, between air quotes, solved. I think this this was always what Zeke intended and what we've always known. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Yelena did point out that this um, Fort Salta, where the flying boat research base is, that that would be his next target. Is there any chance that he's planning on stopping there? I was going to say the same thing. I think, because this, this, you mentioned Yelena and her having a different motive. I partially think Erin actually asking Yelena and saying, you know, is this it? Like, will this do? I think while, of course, Erin, as we've seen, has this agenda that he sticks to, I think he would compromise if it fulfilled what he believed was the right thing to do. And I think here, him questioning what Yelena's saying might, as you said, be enough for him. Perhaps he is going to stop. Perhaps it isn't going to be a full-scale rumbling. So yes, that is an idea. I'm still playing around with that really? myself. I'm going to have to read up on chapters and things. Yeah. I mean, I, I know no, he's I mentioned too, it. He said, you know, I'm going to kill you all. Yeah. Um, After last chapter, that, that idea has like completely left my mind that it will only be a partial rumbling. I think the only reason why he's going there is because he knows he can be stopped. And maybe he saw like the, um, the v- vision, like from the final audio where Armin is on the flying pl- boat, like on the iceberg's plane and trying to stop him. Maybe that's also playing into why he wants to stop all the, or well, destroy all the uh, flying boats. I don't know. I still agree that he's probably going to, you know, his plan is what it, what he originally set it out yeah. to do. But I just like the idea of perhaps maybe, you know, because I know that a lot of people uh, have for so long now said, oh, well, Eren has a different plan. But I've always, like, and a lot of people have argued, Eren is very genuine. When he says he'll do something, he'll do it. He's always been a straightforward kind of person in the fact that, of course, there has been a lot of complications with him feeling emotionally distraught, but still going ahead with it. But Aaron's always been the kind of person that, you know, when he says he'll do something, he'll do it. Yeah. He's, but he's always questioned himself in the past often. He's questioned his own actions. But again, he's always relied upon himself after what happened, I think, during Clash of Titan arc. You know, when he stood over the graves and he says, you know, I've been letting other people fight my battles. Mm. I've got to do it. I'm the only one that can make a difference. I've got to take responsibility. That's him doing what he's doing now. But perhaps, I don't know, yeah, I'm probably being a bit deluded when I say, oh, maybe he will just do a partial rumbling, but... Wrong manga! Exactly. I'll have to look into it more. But the fact that Yelena said those words aloud, mm-hmm. and Armin heard them, and we know Aaron knows them too, like the seed has been planted, I mean, that's at least another option for Armin, he can use that to say, you know, you know, this is enough. You can stop here. This is enough. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but I thought it was interesting. It would be a good way for him to try and do it, but not succeed. So he will try and persuade him, but it won't work. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's an interesting one. I think maybe even if they manage to stop Aaron before that, they could still go on and destroy the fort because this will give them an opportunity to secure the uh, the safety of Eldia, or Paradis at least. Yeah, and maybe that's what all those bombs are for. It's another way towards peace now that, like, Magath and Hanji are gone. They've made a big point that there's not a lot of fuel in the plane. Yeah. You know, the plane is kind of held together with duct tape <laughs> and tinfoil at this point. Basically. <laughs> you know, how convenient that they're going to a flying boat research base. There's probably going to be another boat. I hope I hope that this isn't like another side quest. I don't think it's t- there's time for another <laughs> side quest, but like if they have to get out of that boat, flying boat, and then get into another flying boat, <laughs> I just see it happening and me complaining extremely loudly about it. Yeah. 
Sika, did you have anything here? I'm glad we got the information out of her, but I also agree that this isn't going to stop him from doing a full rumbling. It'll be interesting, like y'all said, to see if Armin tries to do some talk no jutsu and be like, look, stop here. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Aaron is in his rumble and he's not stopping. You're probably right. I know I, I keep that little bit of wishful thinking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And you know, like, I didn't want to think that way. And like, up till when he eventually, you know, rumbled the walls. I didn't want to think Aaron was going to do all this, but I mean, he said he was going to do it. He's doing it. I, I just, I don't see him stopping unless someone kills him. I mean, there's going to be no conversation that will change his mind. Kate's got balls, so. Well, Andrew just disagrees with that. <laughs> uh, Andrew it's- and I are holding on to a little shred of hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's a possibility. I mean, I would love to see it. I really would love to see it. But, like, Aaron's not one of my favorite characters, and I'm not too terribly fond of him. But, like, the one thing I've always appreciated about him is his drive and determination. And, I mean, yeah, he's might have had some hiccups before and maybe second-guessed himself. But he's been the character that when he says he's going to do something, he does it. Yeah. And... He's doing it, so I just I, I I didn't get too much from from all that, but I'm just glad I am glad we did get the information out of Yelena. I kind of wish Levi would have like had to smack her around a little bit to get it, but <laughs> I'm glad we got it. And she looks like yeah, she looks like she's not long yeah, in this definitely. world. So I guess is yeah, anyone buying the fact that it. it came from like her having broken bones? Right. Okay. So that that translation. <laughs> kind of spark some questions for me too because i mean granted i've never broken a bone but i didn't realize you could get a fever from that <laughs> i mean like uh, I, I think we've it's been clear that isayama <laughs> does not have a medical professional on his team when, this is true <laughs> you know injuries happen and yes it's yes it's typically been like a story of medical mm-hmm. miracles. And here this time, it's a story of a medical. Really? Yeah. So well, it, it's opened up the way for some speculation saying that she might have been terminally ill all along. And I don't know. I wonder if a lot of it's, I know it sounds a bit silly, like Star Wars episode three, when Anakin's wife passes away because she had no will left to live. Maybe it's the same kind of thing where, you know, she might recover, but she doesn't want to at this point. Her, you know, her infatuation mm-hmm. of Zeke. I mean, it looks like she believes he's dead as well. I mean, that, uh, maybe he is, but, um, you know, it seems that she's just giving up hope. Everything <laughs> she stood by and lived for is just, and now it's just like, I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left to live Dying for. Dying of a broken heart. That's not going to kill her, obviously. Instead of a broken arm. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I thought about you when I was reading this oh. chapter because I know you're such a massive uh-huh. Zeke fan. And so Yelena being like, look, I will tell you everything. <laughs> just admit That was one of my right. favorite parts of this chapter. Like I could just yeah. totally, like yep. that was. Oh. <laughs> uh. And I think a lot of us have, like, I don't want to say Zeke was right because, you know, Zeke's plan was Apologize too, right now. All of you. <laughs> a lot of us. I, I'm telling you. Andrew, we haven't spoken in a while. Let me just tell you, I know my hatred for Zeke is as legendary as your love for the <laughs> yes, guy. And I personally have 
apologized for all of my like I am I am a changed yes, woman when it comes yes, to Zia. Yes, so you know. yes. That's made my day though. That's made my day. <laughs> I can't believe I was so mean to him. Like I thought he was the big bad and how wrong I was. So he's just a sad boy who missed his dad, and that's what can the I strange say? thing. A lot of people found that transition to be really sad and pathetic. Which again relates to how people judge Armin because he's that you know he's vulnerable. I loved it. I think all of that mm. worked really well for Zeke's character, and I think you know while he's always great to laugh at because um, he's an <laughs> idiot and he's he, he pulls some silly faces and things, and he never gets his own way and he cries like a baby. I think he's a great written character mm. in that regard. But you're asked, um, was he right? No, but I still hope he was writer. Yeah, I mean, again, it, when it comes to the question of morality, they're all wrong. Mm. All of them. Every single one of them. All plans right. would have been wrong because someone would have died somehow. Armin himself does say at one point that there must be a peaceful solution. And of course, a lot of people were standing by that at some point in the past. And obviously that didn't happen. That was the only course that would have been justified. But was it the better option? Well, I think it would have caused a fewer deaths. Does that make it more morally right? No. But then again, if you're looking at it to be relatable to the real world, does any plan that would change the world come without any sense of blood or violence or something along the lines like that you know it's it's a really heavy question to ask about morality and the reasoning behind it but yeah i mean in hindsight looking at it now yeah six plan probably could have worked but but it never would have worked it never would have yeah. worked because erin wouldn't have let it happen no so yeah but now we know zeke's complete plan wasn't just you know, making the Eldians unable to bear children. It was also to decimate the rest of the world, to rumble the world. That way they would have peace. Because a lot of the times when we were screaming about Zeke's stupid plan. When you were screaming that, about Zeke's okay, stupid plan. Okay, excuse me. When I was screaming about, I, I felt like the parodies at that point would be indefensible. They wouldn't it's be true, able to yeah, defend yeah. themselves. They would have, you mm -hmm. know, a dying population. But it looks like Zeke had that covered. He yeah. he was going to make sure they were left alone. Yeah. So they wouldn't have been able to have had children, but they would have died peacefully, mm -hmm. which was one of my yeah, caveat or concerns with his plan. And if it was kept hidden as well, the rest of El the rest of well, Eldins across the world would have also died peacefully because they would never have known, and that's the reason they were dying. So you know, I guess the world would have died mm -hmm. peacefully of Eldians. But the question is, does Zeke have the authority to do something like that? You know, is that no? No, that's where that's where the problem not. lies. I feel. If you, if you know, if there was like a democracy or a voting system where all the elders went into a booth and voted for it, um, <laughs> even then it wouldn't be right. Could, do you want to die or do dying, you want you know? to be you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, but real talk. You know, if if they had pulled all Eldians, <laughs> would you like to genocide the entire rest of the world, wipe out every man, yeah. woman, and child on the planet, or as a race, not be able to procreate? What would you choose? Like hypothetically yeah i'd probably go with i mean i don't i don't think i mean would you want to have kids in the world of you know i mean if if the choice is to die or not have kids i mean <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i don't have kids now i'm very happy that way so. <laughs> yeah she's like <laughs> mom who are you choose? i i like i <laughs> Uh, I like my kids, but like, you know, they're not world genocide worthy or anything. Just saying. Oh. 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 
<laughs> oh, this is brilliant blackmail material. I love it. They, they know. Like kids, I like you, but I don't like you that much. Oh, my. <laughs> anyway. I'd entirely forgot for a second that you had kids. I was going to say Mom Taka would definitely agree with us for a second there. Like, you know, I definitely you wouldn't want to do that. Then I was like, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> uh, oh, <okay. laughs> I just, I just, the whole point of this is that I'm more benevolent to Zeke now. So that's it. Knowing that that's he it. had a plan to save Paradise or at least <laughs> stop it from being wiped out. Yes, I agree with what we see in this chapter. Yep. And I stand by the fact that it would have benefited the Eldians as well, because without the military, the Eldians wouldn't be weapons. Like they would, they would have no reason for them in battle because the warships, the military, I mean, if the world's militaries were all gone, the Eldians, they mm -hmm. would just be people at that point, right? So it would have been a better eventuality for all Eldians, not just those on parodies, I think. I'm not defending Zeke's plan, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's not as bad as I thought it was. It's not as, like, I, I, I thought, I, I didn't think it was well thought out. But now that we've been given all the details, like, okay, I, also, I see it. Like, it was a solution. I also find it very, I, I wouldn't say warm-hearting, but Zeke wasn't do well, I don't think, he, I mean, he was doing it because of his own experience, but he also didn't understand other people very well, hence why, of course, he was believing everyone was like him as a kid. Um, but I think there was, I don't think his goal was selfish. I think he was doing it for the right reasons, but I think he was very, very mis, I think he was very, what's the word for it? Like um, narrow-minded. I think he wasn't capable of looking outside the box that much, which I think is, um, well. Seems yeah. pandemic among Jaeger boys it to does, have that yeah. same problem. Arvin, he seems to be very <laughs> capable of doing that, despite his experiences as a kid. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. But I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it, Montaku. Uh, that's made my idea, that. I, th I thought. Brought, brought yeah. you back, just so that I could let you know. I apologize <laughs> to your you boy. Much. I'll let him know when I see him next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Every month he's back. Good luck he's definitely coming back. And it's like, oh, he's not back. He's not back yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of makes me think of that one line that Levi said, like, if I don't start fighting now, <laughs> that made me laugh so much. <laughs> 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 yeah. I do love that Africa is a kerfa, or Africa. however we're gonna pronounce it. Like <laughs> a a sifa, I don't know. <laughs> a kifra? Mm-hmm. I was like, yay, we get more Attack on Titan geography. And then I realized that not only is it Africa upside down, that it's Africa, you know, with the letters jumbled. So he clearly put a ton of thought into this particular aspect of his world building. So Andrew, I know Zeke is your guy. I'm kind of hoping Flock is your guy too. And I haven't spoken you with you with you enough to know whether or not that is the case. Because I don't think there's a lot of fans of his, like, on the podcast at this very moment. And... Flock got the Glock. I'm not so. quite as into him as Polka, but definitely I do. I do appreciate Flock a lot, and I really like him. Not as a person, I think he's quite a bully, but I do like what he offers to the narrative. I mean, did you like how he went out? Was it a was it a good end? Or I know the discussions on the Discord. There's been hours and hours of whether or not he was a great character or completely wasted potential. That's a good question, so. actually. Bit of both, really. I liked the way that he ended. I liked the fact that throughout his entire narrative, he was always true to himself and was always stuck by his goals. 
A lot of people took him for a coward and weak, but I think along along the way, while he has shown some very strange behaviours, I think that he was he was you know he is what you get, he is what you see. He and I think the way that he went out promoted that, and I think it really does fall back quite nicely upon how he was introduced into the manga and how he's changed and stuck to his guns since, of course, Irwin's death. Um, you know where he was saying, you know, I'll. You know, I, we need a devil to stop the, you know, to, to, to survive. Erwin was that, and then it was Eren. Um, we stuck by Eren throughout it. But while his ending was good, you know, trying to thwart the plans of, what do you call them now? The allies? I, I, what's the name for the warriors and the one of four together? What's the, the general? Cringe Vengers. <laughs> the cringe Vengers. <laughs> the Alliance. The Alliance. The Alliance. That's definitely something on my server, dear. probably migrated over from your server 100% yeah I think his conclusion was good but I feel that a lot of the time I was wanting something more from him so whereas his original narrative started off quite nicely and what he was offering to the audience through the comments he made you could think of him as like an everyman in the fact that he was a nobody he came from nothing he's asking the big questions but while that was great and starts off really well, and he is enjoyable on screen, it didn't really go anywhere. Like, like there was all this potential I felt was there that we could explore more, but it felt like, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but it felt like he was just, just like the bad guy. Like there wasn't enough, I wouldn't use the word nuance, but there wasn't, there wasn't enough substance there that could have been utilized better in the sense that i like him on screen he's a great character his purpose was fulfilling and his conclusion was handled well for who he is in the manga but it still misses a huge chunk out of the middle that could have been done does that make sense yeah absolutely what about you sika i mean i don't have too much to say as far as flock goes i I guess i'd lean more to i'm kind of half and half but i i would maybe lean more towards wasted potential not too big of a fan of him but i just feel like he's presented as like a voice of opposition or just a a different voice and then you know he just kind of turns into aaron's little bitch (laughs) Mm. and becomes his shield from a lot of things so i mean i didn't invest too much time in him because like i said I, i wasn't too big of a fan of him from the beginning, but I, I would lean more wasted potential. Yeah, that's I on the Discord, Nitaku is kind of famous for saying that Flock exists basically to shield Aaron from the backlash, to present somebody slightly worse than Aaron. But I think what's also interesting, and I think it was angry and that brought this out, that Flock never actually gave a unique perspective on prioritizing one's nation. You know, he was never given any like real conversations about why he felt the way he did or, and another thing Flock never got was he was never shown to actually care about anybody. He was never shown to have sympathy for anybody. Uh, I think his and Jean's friendship, like I kind of like, you know, that kind of tearful, I mean, Jean looked horrified. I think Jean might have felt friendship for Flock, but Flock is never really shown you know, aside from worshiping maybe Aaron, right? He's never been given that personal touch, I guess. I think that's a shame. Yeah, and I think that you know, I mean, like I said, I don't like, I didn't like his character, but I think maybe if we would have gotten that, I might have felt different about about Flo. I agree, and that's that's the exact problem because he was presented in a way that I thought when he was introduced, 
and how he was going to go myself. Like, you know, I've always enjoyed him on screen because he's always doing something. And, you know, whether it's getting beaten up by Kiyomi or he's actually a genuinely, you know, he, again, that's the point. He's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's just a generic character in the sense that he, he doesn't have substance to him, but there is so much there that could have been done with how he was introduced and showcased. I love the fact that when he was speaking to Amelie Mikasa, he, <laughs> he went on a massive tangent. That was amazing. It was, it was awful. I felt bad for Armin, but that was a great conversation. And that's something I really need to bring up at some point if you ever do a video again, because that was, that was great. And there was a point behind it. And like you mentioned mm -hmm. before, perhaps he's just this uh, character meant to showcase a view that is, you know, in, in contrast to the main cast, he's meant to present that. And that's, that's good. That started off great. But then there was nothing after that. And that's the problem. But with how he died, I felt given everything alongside that and how he is presented, as generic as it can be at times, as wasted potential, I think the ending that he got was actually quite good because it does, you know, follow that flow nicely, but it also gives him a conclusion to die without it being, you know, he dies and he messes things up and <laughs> potentially got Angie killed. But, you know, think of it that way. But it wasn't one of those things where I was... I was more pissed off about Hanji this chapter than I was Flock. I thought Flock got his due, due desserts. Yeah. But yes, he's wasted potential. He did. He didn't die a coward. He, he didn't, didn't slip die on a he, he died for what he believed in. So <laughs> I felt like anyone, he didn't slip on a banana peel. Like, I think anyone who loved Flock at least felt good about yeah, I that. Did. But something else that came up in conversation that I thought was interesting was that, you know, he definitely was used as a plot device. And maybe that's because there's a certain danger into fleshing out his character. Like people already kind of filled in the blanks with their own biases or read mm -hmm. more into it or, you know, like, like had he been a more sympathetic character, more people might have been on the genocide bandwagon. <laughs> I mean, I feel like 30% of the fandom's kind of there, 20% maybe is already there. So it, maybe it would have been a larger number. If Flock had been presented as Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been interesting to see, you know, not, I mean, his, I don't know, maybe you could, you could explain it because of, you know, what he'd seen when Owen died and how he'd, you know, come back and he was nothing more than a plot device because of that. But like, yeah, it's just, it's so difficult for me to, I'm trying to find the right word here. There's something about him that I really am struggling to explain right now that I've always really enjoyed. And it isn't just the fact that, of course, he always had an open mind and wasn't just the opposition to the, to the you know, the narrative. But I'm, hard, I'm finding it hard to explain because I cannot argue with the fact that he was wasted potential and the fact that, of course, he does. I think it was a seeker that you mentioned it, that he does feel like he's taking a lot of backlash for Eren. I never thought about that. He simply feels like he was put there simply so Eren wouldn't get more hate from the fandom and Izzyam could get away with more with Eren. Because doesn't Eren get a lot more fleshed out um, content to explain who he is? Why didn't Flock get that? Why didn't Flock have this kind of, not backstory, but this, you know, into his mind, understanding why he is like this? Bit of sadness, bit of bonding with Jean. Yeah. No, no, I'm done. I'm done. No, honestly, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, he's just there. We don't get anything else. Yeah, I think it was a deliberate decision. Had he been uh, personality-wise the same as he'd been in the Return to Shikanchina arc, like saying some things like to make the main cast feel uncomfortable, but not to be a dick just because that's how he felt. If he had agreed with Aaron and, you know, saw the devil that they needed him and that's why he went along with it. Fine. I, I could have liked him, but he was just such an asshole as well. Which again, for a lot of people, that's how to flock. But it just, it makes him more one-dimensional, I guess. Like he's just this evil 
dick of a person with sort of like underlying motive, but that never really shines through, I guess. How do you think, uh, this is all to all three of you, how do you think the audience would have felt or perhaps the reception would have been if he actually was developed and he wasn't simply used as a sense to be a bad guy and Aaron was the one that was actually the prime instigator that was presented that way? If that makes sense. I mean, he is anyway, but, you know, because I can imagine, I can understand now that you've, yeah, you've all mentioned that, that, yeah, I can, yeah, I mean, if he had had the main character presented in like Flock, but not, you know what I'm saying, of course, he didn't have someone with all of that yeah, mindset yeah. and um, messages, yeah. That would be interesting. And I, I mean, you mentioned before, Maku, that it would be. maybe he didn't flesh out Flock because if he had, then that would raise questions as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. More people calling the um, manga Nazi by, not, what did they call it? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It would have just added to that. So I'm kind of glad that he, he was a little bit of a wasted potential there as a character because i think making him more interesting would have muddied the message a little bit more i guess you've got a lot of people that will interpret it in a way that they're not like they will people will look at it and they'll see flock as a hero they'll actually look at it that way whereas of course a lot of yeah. us well i would appreciate flock as a character if we knew him but i wouldn't love the guy i wouldn't support him or be his friend but a lot of people would see that as an as a chance to latch onto something and yeah i can see the problem with that by developing someone with that personality and agenda 100 percent no, I agree. It it would make him a lot more sympathetic with, you know, and you cannot make genocide seem like a sympathetic thing <laughs> to side with. <laughs> so I kind of get it in that yeah. way, but it would have made him a better character and a more enjoyable one. I feel sad now. Yeah, so I wasn't spoiled on Floch returning this chapter, and I genuinely thought he was at the port because I thought him, you know, latching on to that boat would be such nonsense such ridiculous bullshit and then <laughs> we see that wet dripping face and like he like the boat had been in the harbor for like what a day like it was night and now it was day again so he stayed in the water all that time what and then he just showed up and i was like for fuck's sake why why what an absolute and, and what i an was never legend. No, I'm <laughs> never happier like i no i wish i had recorded my reaction because i i had a full-on michael scott moment like i was like god no why well that kind of goes into the question that um rise of the warriors asked like it's such an ass pull that flock but basically was keelholed for hours swims to the you know i mean just every all the circumstances of him showing up there fires 10 shots i think i counted 10 bangs and basically hit yeah. nothing except the side of an airplane, which I think anybody could have hit. So Rise of the Warriors uh, sent this to us on Twitter. Flock surviving that long, hiding somewhere just to shoot some bullets happened because Isayama wanted to kill off Hanji and make Armin the commander. Do you agree or not? Disagree. I mean, did you guys kind of see nope. it that way? Nope. Me neither. I think we're all in agreement on that. I didn't take it like that either. I mean, I sort of did. To me, it seemed like a plot device. Like, just Flock lived long enough to be a monkey wrench in the plans I because mean, it was Hanji's time to go. I don't know. I mean, I realize it's a story a writing wrench, convenience. Yeah, but Hanji's time to go. Uh. To be honest, I Isayama could have like said that the rumbling was there. You know, like they didn't have enough time while they were still working on the plane. He could have done that. That is not enough drama, though. Like he needed to amp it up a little. So. In comes Flach. But I think either way, like, 
the thing with Hanji and Armin would have happened. This was just not a great plot device because he was still dripping wet. Like he spent all the time overnight at the port in the goddamn <laughs> water. Why? <laughs> he should have died of hypothermia by now. Come on. While the situation itself might really seem a bit, um, you know, ridiculous, <laughs> I think it fits his character as simplistic as he might be. He was shot by Gabby, so he's wounded. So obviously when he's shooting and shooting his bullets, he's missing everything because he's doing whatever he can because of what he believes in. He dies in his last breath. He's, he was determined till the end. He stood by his own beliefs, as, you know, as wrong as they might have been. And I find that good because his character finishes the same way that it was presented it didn't go off on a weird sense of mm. him doing something else he just went and shot the plane and did what he could and he, his last breaths were just saying you know Aaron is the only one that can save us that fits with his character story from the start after of course he survived yeah and um, the suicide charge so that was a good conclusion and him being wounded and hitting the plane because his, his arms you know you can see the bullet in his arm so him shooting random shots and hitting the plane makes sense. If he actually hit a character in the face, that would have been more well, silly I if you thought he was him aiming for the plane because he didn't want them to take I think off. He was. So I thought he was aiming for Anyang Kapan because that was the pilot. No, I think he wanted to make sure that the plane wasn't uh... But mm. yeah, I, I agree. Like he should take like all the Jaegerists should get some shooting lessons. They they miss all their targets. Point yes. blank range. I don't get it. <laughs> Stormtroopers from Star Wars. You know? it's just, yeah, true. This is, I mean, this is another argument that I've heard about. Just not just flock, but the Agris. There's not. You have. Um, I forgot their names. The ones that were introduced that died the same chapter uh, a few months ago. What were their names? Daz yeah. and Sam. They were brought back just for this section, and it felt like such waste of potential. You have Louise who died in a hospital bed. We could have had these characters. I mean, again, I know he's the one that wants to finish the manga, but these characters on the Yeager's could have been fleshed out more, as we discussed with Flock, alongside him. And we could have had another faction, which, of course, dangerously ridiculous supporting Eren, of course, have that sense that they're fighting for their own homeland. And I know that the political messages here might be an issue, but I think that would have worked nicely to have these characters, all of them, instead of just being, as you said, characters that can't shoot, literal stormtroopers. There was characters there that could have been developed, that could have... From you know the glory days, uh, well not the glory days because I don't think um, Samuel and Daz when they were fighting back in that arc <laughs> were yeah, good times. But you know what I'm saying. You know, there's so much there that could have been done, but alas, the Agris kind of amounted to nothing but um, guys in black shooting and missing and causing problems, which is disappointing for me. But you know, they were never the main focus anyway. I think I think it was always Eren and the one and fourth, so and the warriors. But, yeah. Yeah. Well. It was a good death. I think it was a very good death. We do have one more ask on this subject from Minty, who wanted to know if we felt like Flock's final words would have any impact on Jean. And I was in was it I was in Clara's Discord and or I think it was in Clara's Discord, somebody was talking about that Jean is still gonna turn traitor. I personally don't think that's the case. But Gene is genuinely, mm. like, he looks broken up. So I think people that are holding on to hope that Gene is going to switch sides and join Aaron, uh, I don't think that's the message we're supposed to take. But did any of you all see it that way? Do you think that Flock's death or final words would have any impact on Gene? I don't think it'll make Jean turn traitor, but I think it was just a good point to show that he's sometimes wishy-washy and he can be hesitant. Um, just, um, I mean, I'm with you. The look on his face is just pure terror. And I think for Jean, as opposed to anyone else's, he's still got family back on parody. Like yeah. he's got 
his mom. I mean, I, I think we got all that info from an OVA, not actual mm-hmm. canon material. But um, but yeah, so he's the one that you know, of everything Flock just said, he's got something still to lose. Whereas everyone else, I mean, everything they have to lose or everyone they have to lose, excuse me, is is right there with them. That's a good point. And I, I think that was just a callback to show how wishy-washy he can be. I mean, we see Jean be hesitant a couple of times, but specifically in like the Uprising arc, one of Kenny's subordinates is about to, I don't remember if she had a gun or a knife or a sword in her hand, but was about to kill him and he hesitated mm-hmm. and couldn't kill her. And the only reason he survived mm-hmm. was because of Armin. So that's just, that's how I looked at that whole panel with John. Like, I don't think he'll turn traitor. I still think he's on the side of the Alliance. I still think he thinks what Aaron is doing as a whole is wrong, but I could totally see him setting up a situation where, you know, Jean's got to make a decision and he kind of hesitates on it. Which, which, I mean, I can get more into that later because I, I know a lot of, you know, <laughs> when we talk about the whole Armin thing, but because I know a lot of people had things to say about Jean not becoming commander of the Survey Corps. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely but, we'll definitely yeah. get into that. But, <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point that he um, is the only person on that ship on that boat that still has family behind him. That he's the only one that left someone behind. I think that makes it a little more sympathetic that he is uh, that that Flock's words do affect him the way that they do. Well, and he's always been a character who struggles with you know his morals and his desires. Mm-hmm. I remember in chapter 127 where he was like, should I, should I join Flock? You know, can I have my happy family with the Mikasa or Mikasa lookalike? And then he finally was like, okay, <laughs> no, I am going to do the right thing. And I think that's, that's what he always does. Like he, he makes the right choice, but it's, it's hard for him. I think it's harder for him than anyone else. Yeah. And I think he'll, I mean, his resolve at the end is there. Mm. He just, I mean, he, he hesitates. That's just like back in RTS when mm. Connie and Sasha were crying over the fact that they'd have to kill Bert and Reiner, mm. but John calls him out on it. I mean, he, he's clearly upset about it, but he's got the resolve to do it. So I just, I like that panel that we got of him. It, it just, it shows that there is still conflict there. I was looking back through the manga. I do think that they were actually friends. I think Jane and Flock probably, you know, liked they each were, other. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, they got a, there know. was a bit about banter uh, in Land for them. There yeah. was, yeah. Uh, and there was a scene where Flock, as delusional as it might have been, was you know all chummy with Jean saying, "Come on, you know, just cook, just side with me. You know, it's fine. You're my, you're my friend. Come mm-hmm. on, let's work together for our own people." Yeah. And Jean was not. I mean, I wouldn't say he was hesitating and going to join, but there was that doubt again, like in this moment. And Seek is correct. I mean, everything you guys have said is correct. But what I, what, I mean, that scene. I think Seek, you mentioned that there might be that decision wavering moment. It reminds me of that part back in the Shikinshina arc where Hanji is going to rip off Ryan's head literally take his head off and obviously jean's the one say no 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 don't 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 we you know and again that might come up with Aaron at some point you never know it'll be interesting to see what he does what he does it is tempting to dive into the armin versus jean conversation now isn't it (laughs) uh i was waiting for something like that (laughs) so let's do it was armin the best choice in light of all that you guys have said Concerns about Jean. Was Armin the best choice as commander? I think when I first read it, I was just still like in my initial shock just because of everything that just happened. But 
kind of like I said earlier, pretty much out of everyone that's left of the small Survey Corps that, that we have, Armin is the one. I mean, they still go to him for decisions. Armin was pretty much Hanji's new moblet, I feel like. So, I mean, they were already involved in making a lot of decisions as far as what got done. But I'm not saying Armin's not an unwavering character, but sometimes they just need a minute to, I guess, process and come up with the plan that they need to execute. Mm. But whereas with Jean, you know, (laughs) now I'm getting into comparing them, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) pretty much of who's left, I I think Armin was the right choice. Levi is not a leader. Mikas is not a leader. Jean is a charismatic type of person. I mean, I know he had all this development way back when in Tross. Jean has that resolve. He just sometimes can be wishy-washy about what he does, whereas Armin's always just, he's done what needs to be done. So I personally think out of everyone left that, yeah, Armin was the best choice to become the new commander for the Survey Corps. What's left of it. <laughs> All right. Any disagreement? I disagree, but I don't. I don't know where to start with it, to be honest. At the minute, I think Armin is the best choice. However, if circumstances weren't just, again, a small unit left and it wasn't about Eren and stopping him, I would disagree. Back in Shiganshina, Armin and Jean seemed to work alongside each other and that was what got them victory against Bertolt. I think there was a lot of them working together. And I hate to be that person. I think it would have been cool if they were both... Mm-hmm. Commander and co-commander. Maybe you can. But if they worked alongside each other... Yeah, basically, yeah. I think that would work perfectly. But Armin, back in Shikoshina, Erwin said, you know, I'm going to give you a role of responsibility. So Erwin saw something in Armin um, there and then. And Armin did have that kind of nature where, of course, he would do what had to be done. And he had, I think it was back in the female Titan arc when he sat in the trees while Annie's, you know, fighting the team, uh, Levi squad or whatever. And he talks about Erwin and he talks to Jean about this as well, I think, and have a conversation. I think it's chapter 22 or something. And Armin's, you know, he says he admires Erwin or something because he does what has to be done no matter the consequences. And Armin does showcase that. But I think after he got Bert's memories, I think Armin has changed. I think it's become a lot more open-minded to non-violence um whereas prior i think that kind of side of him might have been it was there hmm. but i feel you know i think since he's become a bit more complacent and i think that's a good thing because of course the outside world isn't what they thought it was titans aren't what they thought they were so it's understandable i don't think i think that given the outside world and what the world is like now i think armin is the best choice because he's open-minded he's the one that could probably fight for peace he's the one that sees that and always has as an option since of course his discussion was happening after the battle of Liberia. Yes. However, if this was back in Shikoshina, I would have probably gone with Jean, potentially. And Montaki, you were the person that made me realize. I mean, I think that, Siku, you said that Armin was Hanji's mobile. I think maybe I'm wrong, Montaku. Years ago, I, I don't know why I remember this. I was the one that was proposing that Jean was the right hand man. There was some evidence of that. But I've yeah. got to ask Sika and Montaki, you can ask both of you why you thought Jean and Armin were uh, Hanji's right hand man or being not groomed. That's the wrong word. Uh, being. Step, stepping up to that role, did you think either of them would have been the leader? I mean, I just, for me, it was that Jean had had the commander, you know, he'd, he'd kind of had that build up, and then, you know, seeing him sitting next to Hanji at important meetings, like, it just seemed to me like Jean was, like, in that role. But I'm uh, in agreement with, I mean, when I, okay, when I first read Armin, you are the 15th commander of the Survey Corps, I 
raged. I was like, <laughs> what? Like yeah. I was screaming. That was my, I was fear. Okay. I'm, I, I like Armin. I was furious. And my reason was because in this arc, in this entire, you know, final arc, mm-hmm. Armin has displayed a blind spot the size of Walsina when it comes to Aaron. Like he, has been so unreliable. Like, he's gotten everything wrong with Aaron, not to mention he's Aaron's best friend. Like, I just, I didn't think, like, Armin should be calling the shots here. Like, can he make an objective decision <laughs> if it comes to that? But then I chilled, <laughs> chatted about it for six hours. Yeah. Heard both sides of it. And now I do agree that, like, my defense for Armin is the same as yours, Andrew. He has... He's not the right choice always. He has zero ability, zero ability to lead like randos because he's too insecure, too hesitant. He doesn't inspire confidence. But in this group of these people, these people all trust him. They all look to him. They're going to be expecting him to make decisions anyway. He might as well have the final authority. So I am okay with it now. I am just surprised that Armin became like the ultimate chat after. Like, yes. he's the, not only is he the one calling all the shots, but he's also the only person in the entire manga who got that wop. I don't understand. He got the girlfriend, he got the CT, now he's got the commander. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we used to joke, like, I remember six years ago, we joked about Armin, Reese, Hoover, Ackerman, Arlart. Like, Armin, it was just like, can Armin not get everything in this series? But, oh well. I don't know if if I agree with the reasoning why she made him. Like, it was his unyielding quest for understanding. But I never really got that feeling from Armin. Like, he's very curious, but I don't know. I think that it's a bit of a jump, but back in 112, obviously Mikasa and Armin are talking, I mean, Mikasa and Armin are talking to Eren, and Eren just bluntly tells him to basically fuck off. <laughs> um, but obviously, in that moment, obviously Armin and Eren, I mean, Armin and Mikasa look at Eren, and, tr- and they, they, they think they understand him, but they don't. They don't know Eren, or they, they kind of question him and think, no, you, d- you don't mean to do this, you're not wanting to do this, but he is. So when you see this official translation, his unyielding desire for understanding, I kind of, I don't know how you'd interpret 112 with his understanding of Eren. Or perhaps you wouldn't think of it in this situation because it's not the same thing. But that question is to me, you know, Armin does want to understand and see the outside world, but perhaps, you know, he doesn't always understand as much as he thinks he does. But again, perhaps Eren's a different example because of his relationship with him and his understanding of him. I don't know, but... You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's a bit of a weird one to bring up, I think. But he doesn't always understand everything and he wants to understand it, but sometimes he might get the wrong idea. Is that, does that make, that make sense? But out, out of all of them, he's definitely the best choice in that regard. I'd have to agree with um, You said that, you know, in this, within this group, Armin would make the best leader because they all kind of look, look to him. And I think they look to him indeed for like devising. Um, plans on how to deal with things, but not necessarily for calling the shots. I can't believe I'm saying this because I, I couldn't stand part of the chance, but in 126, I've just been reminded what Armin did with Connie. That might have been something that you noted here as well, mm-hmm. like how far he was willing to go. I don't know if you did that as a good or a bad thing, but how far he was willing to go to make his friend. I mean, that I don't know how you'd interpret that. Uh, Maybe really Can we just not talk about 126? <laughs> 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 All right, we'll leave it there. But that could be used, yeah. People who have been railing against Armin as commander, like I've seen that. Well, yeah, he just tried to kill himself three days ago. Great, let's make him commit. Like, 
There is a lot, a lot that you can throw at Armin mm-hmm. right now, but I have read all the arguments and I think he's the best choice for now. And I hate that because I just, I want John to do something in this story. I want, we were just talking like the story's wrapping up soon and we have hopes and dreams. I have a lot of hopes and dreams for John. Unless like Armin dies soon and Jean is like the leader after this. I was going to say, yeah, maybe he would be the long-term leader. I was about to say, you can't rule him not being commander of the Survey Corps out just yet, just because of the apparent commander curse. <laughs> well, I think with like three, we've got what three or four, three or four chapters left. I just, I don't see. I mean, John will get another few good moments. Maybe he'll be in the epilogue. You know, maybe he'll be one of the happy survivors. That's where I think we would see it at, though. Yeah, he's just a character. Like I'm talking six years ago that I just wanted more from, and it looks like all of his development kind of stopped. Like he he got his development up until. The cave scene and killing somebody and ex- you know joining you know it was early 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 in the manga, so I have to accept that my boy did what he did and whatever I'm okay with it. I'm wondering where it'll go. I mean, again, we all are wondering what's going to happen next. But yeah, I, I think well, I don't know. I just Montaiko, I get your frustration completely. He is at least for myself, and I think you, you here um, the right choice at this moment, but. But I wish I wish he wasn't. But as cool but. as it sounds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna ask we're gonna ask this on the poll. One of the poll questions, um, you know, was Armin the right choice as commander? And so far, it might change. We're gonna finish the poll tomorrow. But so far, the options are yes, you know, his vision, blah blah blah. No, it should have been Jean, or no, Hanji should still be alive. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the results on that one will be. I think we're also going to include an other in there for like the three people who think Connie should be leader. So who? Connie, who? <laughs> <Sorry>. Bless him. <laughs> Anything else on Fifteenth Commander of the Survey Corps, Armin Arlert? All talked out on the Armin Arlert. Yeah. Well, before we go on break, I just have to ask you guys, like, this is my favorite question that'll be on the poll. Are you a proponent? You guys each have to pick one, okay? Do you know what bird theory is? Like the theory that the birds are watching from chapter Mm -hmm. 131? Someone is watching through the birds. The theory is that, yeah, something is up with the birds. The birds are being controlled and, and watching what's going on. Okay, so that's bird theory. Well, chapter 132, we now have ghost theory, where the ghosts are real uh, and are actually okay. watching. So this is like mini quick fire. Bird theory or ghost theory? Do you subscribe to any of those theories? Sika? As much as I want to say ghost theory, I'm going to say bird theory. I just... I know we'll touch more on that later, but yeah, bird theory seems the most logical. Andrew? So completely the same as Seeker here. Um, I think we'll probably touch on the uh, the second theory later in um, more depth, but I'm definitely more of a fan of the bird theory just because it makes more logical sense at this time and case. <laughs> I mean, you've got the pathways, and of course we've seen how that works, so the ghost theory is potentially plausible, but there's so much that could... It's just, it's just not enough substance yet for me to kind of jump on it as something that I'd like to see. But there is substance that the birds are watching. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, uh, I, listen, I am birds all the way. And the ghost theory, I think it's not true. And I also have a logical argument why it can't be true. But we'll get into that later. Now you. (laughs) 
So I am the sole proponent of ghost theory here. Actually, I'm actually both because I love both theories. Both theories, I think, are so much fun. So I am bird theory and ghost theory. And to make it even more exciting, I think they might be connected. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Is that how the ghosts are watching through the burbs? Is that the connection? Oh, they get their wings of freedom. <laughs> oh, no. What is that? Got their what is that? <laughs> Mic drop. Cringing in. Jeez. Oh. Okay. On that note, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. It's time to get into, I guess, what was the heart of the chapter for so many people, Hanji Zoe. And this is also a clown makeup moment for <laughs> me. I, even as of, you know, last month, was convinced that Hanji was going to be a survivor. I didn't have fancy reasons for this. My reasons were basically that I thought somebody over the age of 25 would live, and Hanji seemed like, you know, a very good fit for that to happen, but apparently I was wrong. And I'm just wondering, am I the only one? Did you guys think Hanji was going to go out like this? Sika, I know you're on my side, right? You did not think Hanji was going to die. I thought Hanji was safe, you know, birthday month, and I'm in agreement with you, mm -hmm. like, what better person to have over, you know, a, a veteran was left to be in this new world than than hanji so i was team they were safe i got for whatever reason i don't know why i got like a gut-wrenching feeling maybe like five or six days before the chapter dropped and i could not tell you why but i just had these feelings about both hanji and john and they kind of settled a little bit but it just kept this like little uncertainty in my mind and then yeah so i i was i i really did think they were going to be safe but mm, oh my gosh <laughs> I mean, Hanji had no no backstory, no critical backstory, no no vendetta like other characters. I don't know. I I didn't see the death flags. I think last time we um, asked this in the poll was chapter one twenty seven. We asked people who they thought would die next, and Hanji was fourth on the list after Magath Yelena and Flock. So apparently a lot of people thought so, but I had just chalked it up to wishful thinking because they maybe they liked other characters better. Yeah, I think, you know, I really did feel they were safe and part of me wanted them to be safe because I did want them to make it to the end. But like I said, I just, I guess I just know how Yams is and I got this little gut feeling a couple of days prior to the drop and yeah. And here, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Luna, what about you? I mean, we discussed it in our last podcast, right? Like we were talking about mm -hmm. which character would still get their defining moment and you talked about who you wanted to live and you were just like, Hanji, because I need Hanji to live <laughs> and I was like, no, Hanji is definitely not going to live and yeah, we talked about, you know, how somebody would have to stay behind to stop the Colossal so they could Take off on the Iceberg Stone plane. 
So I just didn't think it would be Hanji that would be staying behind. I knew this was going to happen. I knew this scenario yeah. was going to happen. I just it, didn't it, think it was Hanji was be Hanji. the most logical out of the entire group for me that it would See, be. Hanji. I would have thought it would have been Peak. Yeah, how can Hanji be the? How can the commander be the most logical I mean, choice? When like, Magat that's why died, a commander I was has like, soldiers. So that when Magat sacrificed himself, I was like, okay, well, then Hanji is not safe either, because it didn't need to be Hanji. I agree. Mm. No, but it didn't need to be Hanji. It was gonna be after after Magat died. I was like, there's no way. What did you think, Andrew? I agree with the whole thing about Magath as well, because I was always of the belief if the theory back in the day, which I don't think exists anymore, of peace. I thought it would have been Margarth and Hanji that would have lived till the end mm. to help establish that as something in the future. Obviously, when Margarth died, I was like, hang on a minute, this is going to be awkward. But I would have thought that Hanji would have lived till the end as well. I thought Eren <laughs> would have been the one to potentially take her down. But I, I mean, I don't know why, because perhaps it wouldn't make sense, but a lot of... Uh, Hanji seems to be the one that was most accepting of Eren back in the day. The one that kind of didn't guide him per se, but kind of showed more moral support than perhaps someone like when Levi did his own little thing. But she seems to be somebody that was enthusiastic about him, I think you could say. So I thought there might be a little bit of something there between them at the end, um, not much. And I think I agree with uh, uh, Seeker as well here. The scenario itself works with Hanji, um, you know, her reactions and responses. But I think that for me, it just felt like it, it came out of nowhere. And I'm not saying that because it didn't make sense. It's just that compared to other characters that have died in situations, it felt like it came out of nowhere. You mentioned at the, near the start of this stream that Flock could have been used intentionally just to kill Hanji off. While I disagree with that, I do feel that, of course, Hanji being killed off here didn't have to happen. I think it was a bit quick. And while the actual situation and her conclusion was fine, it, it probably could have done with more build-up. Like them coming down, maybe another chapter with her fighting and then trying to hold them off longer. It was too quick for my liking. It felt a bit rushed, but I didn't mind her going out as she did. It just felt a bit rushed to me. And I didn't see I, I did not see it coming, if I'm being honest. I did not see it coming. I thought it would have been someone like Jean as well. Um or because Connie. he's had a Connie, Connie, yeah, because they've had a backseat. Um, <laughs> Connie is holding on for dear life in this manga. <laughs> <laughs> we always nominate Connie for death yeah. and he never dies. Nope. As on Twitter, Minty sent in they said a common sentiment I see is that all the elements of Hanji's death are great but they don't work together in execution. Do you know why that is? And it sounds like that's kind of similar to what you were saying, Andrew. And I do think the reason it 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 did feel very rushed. And I think that this is going to be one of those in the anime is going to be like way more mm -hmm. impactful. Like it's going to be fantastic in the anime, but in the manga, just Hanji immediately saying it's going to be me. And then, you know, well, my turn. I, I, I It felt very unnecessary. I think Flock and Hanji dying in the same chapter works because of the fact that their chemistry, not with each other, but with their understanding of the world is so different. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. we see that quite clearly in Flock's approach and Hanji's approach. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a throwback to when, obviously, Levi died, because didn't Hanji agree that Erwin should have lived, I think? Is that correct? And mm -hmm. obviously, Flock yeah. did, but then Flock decided to stay true to, obviously, the ideal that we need someone like Erwin, the devil, if you will, um, and someone like Eren, whereas Handry kind of went down her own path and approach with someone more like Armin. So it's good to see these two characters that started off kind of agreeing with one another, dying for very different reasons on polar opposites of a manga that's so politically, you know, questioned online to see that with them together. So I really love that idea and the way that she went out, but not 
it was just rushed, yeah. Just that's what I didn't like about it. It just felt it could have had more build up to it, more tension. But like you said, I'm sure the anime will rectify that hopefully. To add to to what you just said, uh, King's Grave in the Discord pointed out that they both died without the COVID delay, four years to the date of oh, Irwin's wow. death, and that both of these characters were people who were chasing Irwin's ghost. You know, Flock by bastardizing his message. You know, Shinzuo Sasageo uh, and Hanji by always comparing themselves to Irwin and feeling inadequate. So these are two people both chasing the ghost of Irwin, and only one of them got mm-hmm. to see him. That's nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> a nice uh, throwback to him there in that scene. Yeah, hundred percent agree with him on that point. So, how did you, or all three of you, feel? If you don't mind me asking as well, probably later on. Um, I think you're probably going to ask this about not the ghosts or whatever this theory is. But about her, do you think she's dead? I say that because I think she's dead, obviously, because she's saying, because some people are saying, oh, well, maybe she <laughs> fell um, and she's just kind of, I, you know what people are like? I'm just wondering what you think, because it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. So she fell, she got burned, and she turned into a caspacho, but she lives? <laughs> I mean, after that, I hope uh, they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Because some people are saying, I mean, I don't know if you know Sergeant Gross as an example um, <laughs> online. It's, 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 no, 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 no. Uh, but he mentioned, I think, during the live stream at some point that it's a dream. Uh, I don't get that at all, personally, from what I'm reading of this manga. But there's a couple of people out there that think, oh, you know, it's not, it's not what we're seeing visually isn't what's actually happening on screen. But I don't get that inclination at all. But I thought I'd address it because it was something that was brought up. I mean, it's my main argument for thinking that it's real. Hanji mm-hmm. is dead, dead. Hanji is dead, 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 and yet has this vision or this dream. So clearly, clearly. So I and I know when I was in Clara's server talking about it, everybody hates this development so much. Everybody hates it. There was not a single person in there that saw those closing two pages and were like, oh, wow, that's really great. How nice. Yay. Hate it. They hate it. And by saying, oh, well, maybe mm-hmm. Hanji's, it's Hanji's dying thought, they can chalk it up to it not being real. Can, yeah, now that makes more sense. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Yeah. So they're saying that it's Hanji's dying thoughts because they don't want to think that it, there's any chance of it actually have happened. It's like what Sika happened. said, you literally see her being squashed and burnt alive, if you will, and it's just, mm-hmm. you know. It's silly, but oh well. Why do people hate it though? I don't. I've not really, you know, seen anything online. But... Because the appearance of an afterlife cheapens the stakes. Right. That's how I feel. Because first of all, it's kind of weird to kind of bring it up now in the story, and then second of all, if there is like a nice afterlife for at least the Eldians, then them all dying would obviously not be as bad. I'm not saying that they all should die, but. Yeah. It made the death less emotional in some ways. I don't feel about that, but it's just, even if they died, they, they will have some guaranteed happiness, right? In the afterlife. That's what it's implying. And that just makes it, even no matter how bad your life was, how, how bad your death was, there's still the, that afterlife. And to me, that, that does cheapen it a bit because we as readers now know that's what they could then expect for our characters. So I don't like the idea of it. That that's just my take on it. I mean, I you know I agree as well with what you're saying, Luna. Uh, but because I mean, looking at it now, uh, this is just again, I don't agree. But people have said, oh, well, she fell in the water because look at the way she hit the last Titan on the right side. She's next to the water, falls oh, in the Jesus. water, and then and then obviously, when, I know I agree, I agree completely. Then obviously, when you see her being stood on, 
she's not squished. She's there awake. So, oh, it, it is a dream mm. because she fell in the water. But yeah, I know it's not true. But, you know, people can be people. And hey. So I think, I think this is absolutely mm -hmm. like we have had too many times in this manga, Erwin saying on the crate scene with Levi, do you see them, our dead comrades? Armin saw Bert's colossal titan after he awoke. He had a vision of Bertold. Jean had a vision of Marco in that same chapter uh, where Hanji saw them standing behind her as well. Levi even had sort of a vision of the dead. And the whole thing, like I think back to when Erwin... The suicide ride and other times, the point of making your comrades living for the dead, you know, the dead are watching. Like, this is not out of nowhere. This has been something that has been in the manga since almost from the beginning, this concept that we're doing this for the dead, to give the dead, to give meaning to their lives. So I personally, I think to call it an afterlife is wrong. I think to call it Valhalla is wrong. I think there's some kind of paths shenanigans going on. And Hanji absolutely did experience this after Hanji died. I know people hate it and I, I don't actually like it. I'm just saying that this is not the kind of a manga where Isayama <laughs> would just toss that in at the end to reward Hanji. This is something Soul said. He says, oh, this happens all the time in manga. Maybe, maybe it does, but not in this manga. This isn't the kind of manga. So this is this is the moment where you go, no, wrong, wrong manga. manga. This, this is the moment is, where you... Yes. Isayama would never do... He hasn't done this to any other character. There's no reason okay. to devote nine panels to a very dead Hanji. Explain to me then why there is a goddamn horse in the <laughs> <laughs> A horse. Explain to me how a very, 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 very dead character could be having this vision. If Isayama had swapped the panels, if he had put Stomp Tanji as the very yeah. last panel, I would say, yep, that those were their dying wishes. Okay. That they Can but, we but just listen? Can I just speak? <laughs> no. Yeah. Go. Sorry. <laughs> she had to die before we ha were able to see her vision. I don't think it would have made... Like, narratively speaking, it works better to see her pass, you know, to see her final moments and then have her, like, I think this is what she saw right before she, or what she hoped for, at least. This was her wish. I'm not even saying that this happened, but, like, she wanted to make her fallen comrades proud. She wanted to make a change in the world. And mm -hmm. she finally uh, figured that her actions in that moment by stopping the Colossals achieved that. So she finally felt like her Commerce would be proud I'm of I'm leaning on this one. You don't think I, it would have been even more impactful? Okay, Hanji, we get the flame, the burning flame. We get Hanji like falling through the sky. She has yes. this vision of the dead characters. And then the very last panel is similar to the one we saw with Ramsey and Halil of the ink stain on the ground. You don't think no. that would have made the death no. more emotional? Oh, no. you're, I, you're I disagree not as well. I think because Hanji is such a. If you, I think it'd be more insulting to Hanji. I mean, no offense to Ramsey, by the way, but I think if Hanji died and it was that brutal and that, I think that would have been insulting to herself and perhaps what she was achieving and what she's achieved. I think obviously her just telling Owen in that moment. Yeah. So you literally, you guys literally think that all of these panels are just there to make us feel better yeah. about Hanji. I think, dying. I think it's showcasing her dedication. It, yeah, and, because this is her shining mm -hmm. moment. This is like. We didn't get a lot of build-up, you said, to her dad, but her dad itself, or Hanji's dad itself, is a really good defining moment. And it's kind of already, like, after 
after since Erwin um, died and, you know, the struggle she'd had, she can finally let go of, like, her feeling of inadequacy. Like, that is and what... And she was already dead. And I'm, I'm so. with Luna. Yeah, but... Like, I mean, maybe again you said it's a path thing. What's what's to say that, again... I, what's the, it's a path. It's why not an is afterlife. Why is a horse what, what's in paths, then? Why? <laughs> why are there birds no, watching people? say that she's not dead? But obviously, you know, her consciousness, whatever you want to say, in the pathways dies but before she does pass away completely her soul or whatever you want to call it in pathways has this moment before you know fading and leaving forever and you know what i'm saying like you know like when you die you have that you see a life flash before your eyes kind of a thing maybe this is an example of that in pathways before she slipped out i don't think that isayama is that kind of mangaka that he would insert this just for symbolism well like i said my two reasons are it would cheapen a lot of because you don't story. like it. Everyone's reason no, no, is because no, no, they no, don't yeah, no, like that it. I'm, that I'm saying that's why I wouldn't like it. And mm-hmm. two, I, like I said, like for me, it's about wrapping up Hanji's story and her art. That's what it's showcasing to me. Like her being at peace with herself. Uh, or Hanji being at, at peace with themselves. And three, there is a fucking horse there that doesn't have Eldian blood. So it's not Pat's. <laughs> that's, those are my three arguments for this. And I'm sticking to them. <laughs> Chapter 121, we find out time travel is real. Chapter 122, we find out that alien life forms are real. When Emir touched the or the 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 centipede thing. Alien right? life. Alien li- like oh. whatever that's not a hu- that's not that's nothing on our planet. There's like a thing that OG Emir touched oh, that transformed okay. her. Okay, so I'm calling that alien life. So 122. Suddenly we've got this like alien life form that's real. Listen, I'm not saying it's impossible or implausible, but... birds watching. And now 132, yeah. we have ghosts are real. So I just... I they're think not you guys real. Are- I'll be completely honest with you. When it comes to the birth theory, I wouldn't... Well, yeah, I could imagine it happening. I just don't think that would happen. I think that birds have always been a symbol of freedom and depending on the type of bird, obviously. And I don't think that means everyone's watching all the time i just think that they're there to resemble depending on what bird we're talking about well what it doesn't have represent. to be Aaron exactly. that's I mean, watching maybe 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 the dead are watching through the birds but not i mean oh what what is this conversation <laughs> yeah you, you were oh yeah this is what i want to know what what what's the connection with the birds and the ghost yeah, yeah, yeah. theory I mean, it's it's just something, okay, I don't think that this is, I don't think we're seeing an afterlife. I don't think so. Paths, though, are as vague and loosey-goosey. There's, you know, all kinds of things. Emir is a ghost in Paths. Ramsey yes. had a vision of a ghost last chapter. Paths, I heard, even Soul said this, paths are as vague as the Force, right? And in the Force, somehow these dead people can still have, like, an existence and are able to communicate. I've never seen Star Wars, so this analogy is lost on me, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Some vague I get it. I get it. Just <laughs> I think there's something going on. I, and I don't think this is a happy afterlife. I think seeing them could possibly mean we're going to have to watch them all die again. I'll just put it that way. My main reason for believing it is it happened after, clearly after Hanji was dead. And anytime I've ever seen this kind of motif used, it's very clearly dying, life flashing before your eyes type of thing, right? And Isayama could have very easily rearranged the panels if that's the definitive way he wanted to present it. But my prime reason for doing it is just... There's so much weird stuff going on in this manga. It doesn't have to be an afterlife. This could be another twist. There could be something there. Listen, I'm not saying it's impossible or 
probable, but I just, I. Okay, you saying it's not impossible is a really? win for me. I'll just say it that. Yeah, because, well, the, the mm-hmm. whole memory ripe thing was stupid as hell, and that turned out to be true. So who knows? This mu- I mean, we've got time travel and aliens. Why not ghosts? <sighs> I hope it's not true. And for the reasons I mentioned, I don't think it is. But do I 100% know it isn't? No. And that's the, that's the most you're going to get from me. And that's all I'm wanting. Um, I can't say more. I can't say more than Lumi. I'm 100 on board with what she said, but I've got nothing else to offer at this point. <laughs> I don't think you can dismiss. I don't think anybody can dismiss the idea that it hasn't been hinted at, that there hasn't been build up for it, and that it's impossible. I That's don't think all it's I'm impossible, saying. and I'm not saying it's like a massive stretch. But I think with many things like theories and ideas, I think that it's you know there is it, it might happen because there is some credential for it, but. I think for me personally, maybe Lena as well, it's a bit too much of a stretch without more context to work with overall. That wouldn't, that, 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 would, that would go against, of course, her dying and seeing it in the last moments. I think that's what, yeah, for both of us do, at least. If he never addresses this again, do you still, would you still agree that this was some sort of afterlife, vision, paths, sort of shenanigans? If he, if he never addresses it again then I will assume it is the afterlife. Uh, so Hanji's afterlife, if nothing Sika, else. you've been really quiet on this one. <laughs> I've just been sitting here eating my popcorn <laughs> listening to this because this has been... Mom, I, you, you're you trying real hard. I mean, Bless you're, your heart, you're Mom and, and look, you know, I, I loved those glimpses. I mean, most of the veterans were my favorite characters, so to see them again and... For that to be Hanji's last vision that they got to see, you know, that really choked me up. But wrong mango. (laughs) There's no cute afterlife. There's no. I think wrong manga that Isayama would give this to Hanj for no other reason than because it would be a nice way to end her story. Nobody else. Nobody else gets this nice treatment. Nobody. Erwin didn't get the basement, although if oh you subscribe God. to Afterlife, he does now because she's going to tell him all about it. That, or if they've been watching time, he already knows. So, mm-hmm. but no, I mean, I, I really would love to say that it's real, but I just, I don't see it. I too, though, thought when, when their yeah. eyes and we see them on their back, my first immediate reaction was Pat's as well, but wrong manga. <laughs> Wouldn't it have made more sense if when she woke up, she was in Pathways and they were there? Wouldn't that correlate more to that than them just being there where they are? Okay. Right before that happens, Levi says, see you later, yeah. Hanj. Oh. And he sees... Uh, <laughs> Do you remember? Do you sl- Look at the page right before that. And he says, yeah, watch no, from he there. He says, keep on watching us or something. Yeah. And then see you later, Hanj. So does Levi know there's an afterlife or something? Or I, 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 don't know, I just think it's... I don't think any of them know it's there. I just think it is, and, and it's been hinted at. I don't know, because I've, I've always thought that, obviously, because these people have been through, through so much, lost so many friends, obviously they're going to maybe PTSD or something else, see their comrades. And obviously, Andrew and Levi both have most likely seen that. And obviously, he is saying to her, you know, I'll see you on the other side, because obviously, he'll remember her still for his time left alive is, you know, memories as figments of his imagination because, of course, he's seen them all die and he's been through so much and that's what it is. You know, it's they understand that, maybe. I mean, within six months, <laughs> we'll know who's right and who's wrong about this. It's going to be Zeke all over again. 
<laughs> no, guys, I am going to have a win in this. I am going to have a win. This will be my win. Like I said, I don't think this is a happy development. I think this is going to be painful. I think whatever it is is going to be painful. Okay. So. Poor Levi. <laughs> Poor Never Levi. Thought I'd say that. I'm glad. I'm so glad he said dedicate <laughs> your heart or like Shinzo Sasageo because like finally somebody, you know, using it the right way and what better way to say it or what better time to say it than after mm-hmm. Floch has died, the one who bastardized that whole sentence. Oof, really hate him. <laughs> I understand. No. And I like that it was called Wings of Freedom and that we even got to see um Shadis in the Wings of or in the Survey Corps uh, uniform in her vision. Yeah, because he was originally yeah. the leader, wasn't he, before yeah. he um debunked to the Wings of Freedom. So I uh Hanji was the only character wearing the wings mm-hmm. this chapter. They didn't in the beginning. It yeah. wasn't until they were getting ready to yeah, but like I said, like I, I also thought it was a bit strange that they finally brought up like the whole, uh, well, the world is still gonna hate us after this. Do you guys? How do you guys feel about saving humanity? I'm like, huh? Why are we bringing this up now? That's that's been such a big issue for such a long time that it's been discussed so much, but only now are people starting or the media yeah. starting to tell us about it. It's almost been a thing where okay, so they do get peace but what about the rest of the world what about yeah. yeah there's so many big questions that haven't been answered and now they're being asked and showcased it's like uh, i it's thought it was time, a little you know? late but, for that yeah. but okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um yeah i just i love that they keep fighting for um what the cervical always stand for like freedom but like the true freedom for all of humanity so i'm glad kanji went out the way she, they did I got a little teary-eyed when she was uh, telling Levi, I want to act as cool as possible, so let me go out like this. Aww. I was like, oh man, she she's really feeling, you know, the burden of what she's about to do. But then, you know, Levi calms her down. I think that's where I started to ugly. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Hanji was the first, was, is the first character I've, like, actually shed tears over in this series, and... Oh man, that was, <laughs> it was that moment right there that I was, I just, I lost it because I knew. When Levi said, um, devote your heart. Yeah, that, and when we just, you know, when they're like, I want to go out, you know, as cool as what I can. Oh, 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 yeah. You yeah. know. I also like the fact that obviously when I read it for the first time, you can kind of see the old Hanji as well with yeah. her excitement. I mean, it, maybe it was a bit of a, a yes. facade, but I think it was mm-hmm. genuine and it was kind of for letting go of all the burdens and passing on the commander title. Yes. And I love that. That was great. That's what I mean. Like it's such a yeah. great ending, but it just needed more of a kick to it. But like you said, the animation should hopefully fix that. But yeah. And I also have to ask, I know I'm packing, you might hate this idea, but obviously you mentioned before that she's the only one wearing the cape. And the title is Wings of Freedom. Could it be possible that it's symbolic that obviously since she's the last one wearing the cape and she's, apart from Levi, the last one left, that that's the old original characters all gone. And now we've got the new ones, of course, the Wings of Freedom, the original cape design. That's kind of symbolic of the, you know, the original uh, Survey Corps gone, finished, and that homage of them at the end is maybe just that, but maybe something else. It does make me wonder about Levi. Is Levi going to live now or is he going to die? Will we have anybody from the old make it into the new world? I think Levi's going to die. What do you guys think? I hope he dies. <laughs> I want him to die. I don't. Poor Levi. 
I mean, he's the last, <laughs> he's the last one left. Like just, just let the dude go, let him go out in a blaze of glory and just let it be done. I mean, he's had such a crappy life. I feel like Yams, like part of me feels like he'll, he'll fight Levi and be like, nope, you've been so used to suffering. You're my character that always suffers. I'm just going to let you <laughs> carry on all the way to the end. You don't get a chance to die and go be in potential survey core heaven with all your comrades. Like you just get to continue to suffer. Levi and Reiner fill that role in the manga. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The thing is like, at least for Reiner, I could see some sort of future after all of this with Levi. I don't, I don't really see one for him where he could live, you know, somewhat happily after after. So ever after. Yeah, I, I don't see any other story for him besides just being in the fight. I mean, maybe back on Historia's farm <laughs> with the orphans? Yes, he, <laughs> he seems to love kids. Nothing for him? Right, but no, poor poor guy just needs to go. Something Andrew said made me think when, you know, Hanji's death was great. I mean, you think about all the great moments that Hanji got this chapter. Kind of creeping on peak, which was adorable, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, I love that. (laughs) Levi's salute. And then keeping that sense of humor to the end, as they are flying above the Titans, Titans are really, really cool. And then just slaughtering four of them, right? I think that would have been enough. Going back to those last nine panels, that would have been such a good ending right there. Titans really are cool. The end. I think that would have been more fitting with what we've seen for what other characters have gotten. Is that why you want this to be the afterlife? I just because think you it was if it was only to make Hanji to wrap up Hanji's character arc, I think that happened with the Titans really are cool line. I think that just like Irwin, give up your dream and die, and the smile, thank you, Levi, was the perfect ending for his character. It wouldn't have been it would have been awful if Irwin, you know, then had three pages of afterlife or whatever. You know? It it I'm I'm just bringing it up again because I really want to convert somebody. I know I know what you mean, but surely <laughs> when, when when she's when she's Titans really are incredible. Obviously, yeah, but in that moment, she's not in harm's way per se. I mean, there's no way she's going to get out of there because the Titans are giving off all that steam. Right. But it would you could imagine a lot of the fan base would be like, "Well, she's not dead. She's not died of camera. She could have jumped in the water." There would have been so much debate about that for so long. So. I, I wouldn't have liked Well, I mean, go ahead and show her dead. Ended on the burned Hanji falling to the ground, getting stomped on. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something you notice as well, Titans. You know that, of course, well, obviously Attack on Titan. Um, originally, they were terrifying in the Battle of Trust, but our characters grew and started to, you know, be able to kill them. Hasn't Doesn't these couple of chapters kind of not install the fear and the kind of shit that the Titans do, but, you know, these Titans, they can't really, they can be fought against, but like the original concept of the Titans, you know, they were in, they were innumerable, they couldn't be stopped, they'd keep attacking. You mm-hmm. not have that sense of not dread anymore, but it's the same kind of thing where, you know, our characters are outmatched, they are not experienced at mm. fighting these Titans. They and that's been lacking for a long time, I feel, with Titans themselves, not just Titan users. So it's good to see mindless Titans actually doing something and killing characters, as sad as it might be, and um, because that's kind of refreshing in a terrible kind of way. Because again, it's not just Titan users killing people, is it? It's actual mindless Titans killing off main casts. I'm not sure if anyone's really thought about that being scary, or am I just being a bit of a pansy? 
No, I mean absolutely. The double the double page spreads of those titans marching on the earth, and I mean it has been. Isayama said he wanted it to feel like a natural disaster, like something unavoidable. I mean, it's been it's the 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 manga is terrifying yeah. again. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's so good to yeah. see the wall titans marching. It kind of well. made it feel like old Attack on Titan for me, at least. Like we haven't mm-hmm. felt that in so long. I feel, mm-hmm. and that kind of just brought that back. Yeah, there's so many of them, like just back to back. Yeah, yeah. He's really been enjoying those lately. All right. Does anybody have anything else about Hanji? I feel like we kind of glossed over it, but that always happens this late into the podcast because everyone's getting tired. Hanji, one punch man, Zoe went out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite? Like, we're going to ask this on the poll. What was your favorite part for Hanji? This chapter was it the comment like which of the humorous moments creeping on peak, telling Armin to boss Levi around the salute or just keeping that sense of humor to the end which which was your favorite? I'm gonna go with keeping a sense of humor to the end just because it kind of ties in all the other ones. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I feel like Hanji just had the opportunity to go out true to themselves and. As much as I didn't think they had to die, and obviously I didn't want them to die, I really couldn't want anything else. I mean, I was satisfied with how that happened. They did not enjoy being commander. They did not feel competent being commander. It was not a good fit for them as a person. So to go out, you know. She's a very tragic character in the sense that she says in this chapter as well, it's time I take responsibility. And obviously she's saying that because of everything that she believes she's mucked up, because of course she couldn't do what it would task her with. And I feel really sad about that because I think she's really putting herself down um, you know, I mean, she has made mistakes, but she's, I think her mistakes have been very human and well-intentioned, um, you know, with how the Yeagerists were dealt with and obviously what happened in between and afterwards. But yeah, I think the fact that she ended on a light note, despite being squished and burnt to death, I think that that ending does really hit home, you know, um, a, well, a satisfying conclusion for her. But the human was great, but I think that I still feel sad with some of the chapter because it does make her feel, it makes me feel guilty in the past saying she's incompetent because, you know, yeah, I just feel sad. I think Hanji really made herself. Yes, you <laughs> did say that I at did. times, didn't you? I seem to recall a few of those conversations. No, if you can apologize for me, I can definitely hold my hands up and say I feel guilty for um, slating Hanji a bit too much in the past. There awesome. <laughs> We can be that new best friends meme. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we all agree. It was a great death, meaningful death, but did it have to happen? Did it have to be them? I think we all kind of are like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, no, but yeah. Okay, Levi. I don't have a lot to say about Levi, except that clearly the dude's not done yet. Uh, Can I just say my favorite Levi from this chapter? Sure. <laughs> Two fingers is all I need. Oh. That's what she said. <laughs> it was oh. such a stupid line. I thought the official translation would change it, but nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. So Levi, what what um what's in store for him after all of this? Andrew, do you think Levi's gonna get his chance with Zeke? No, and if he does, I'll be annoyed. Really? Well, I'll explain the reasoning behind this because 
So please the do. The important thing for me <laughs> is that I really like Levi's backstory. I like his purpose in the narrative and how he always survives, everyone else dies, and how his character is just utter and complete suffering. However, it's got to the point for me now where I want Levi to have a conclusion that isn't based around revenge. I understand his dedication to Erwin, his promise to get revenge on Zeke. At this point in time, they've kind of come to a stalemate. Um, obviously, Levi's a superior fighter. Um, no one can doubt that. But they have, in their last fight, come to a stalemate. Um, and you know, Zeke got a one-up because of plot device and him being regenerated by Ymir. Uh, which is good for the context. But my point is, I think Levi needs to let go of that. I mean, again, with Hanji dying now, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd like to have Levi perhaps... It's it's Levi, it's not going to happen, but I want him to get past that level, past that stage, and perhaps by the end, achieve some sense of peace or serenity like Hanji has in this final moment. But is that like Levi? Probably not. My other problem is that Zeke and Levi don't really have much to do with each other anymore. I think it's more Zeke and Eren at this point. I think if Zeke is alive, he's definitely with Eren. And I think if anyone will kill Zeke, it has to be Eren that kills him. I, it, it, I just, it, for me, given how the interactions they've had and how Zeke is probably really pissed off, upset, and, you know, is, everything's gone tits up because of, because of Eren. I think that dialogue and conversation we had previously needs some conclusion to it with Zeke speaking to Eren about it or perhaps Eren just you know using Zeke for now and killing him I just I don't see what satisfaction or what conclusion it would do for Levi to kill Zeke at this point yeah Levi kills Zeke then what's he gonna do probably kill himself maybe I mean that's awful and grim to say but Levi's entire purpose is to kill Zeke and he needs something more than that to survive till the end and that's why I don't want him to kill Zeke and I also feel Zeke and Eren haven't finished business personally and Eren should be the one to kill him if you ask me but both the sake of Levi and Zeke's development as well. I mean, my hope would be that, you know, Levi does get to kill Zeke and they go out together. Like, it's like his final charge and Zeke's out the picture and then Levi's finally able to die. Um, I don't think it'll happen that way. I, I, I would like to see that just so that way he could fulfill his vow to Erwin, but also, you know, then he'll get to die and be done. But... I I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I kind of agree with Andrew. I think Zeke still has more to do with Aaron than, than yeah. what we know. And I don't think Levi is all about Zeke, 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 Zeke. I think he very much would like to kill Zeke. But I think telling Hanji, you know, devote your heart. I mean, Levi's heart has always been devoted to bigger things than Zeke. I mean, Erwin was his guy, no doubt, but humanity is also very important to him. So I can't imagine Levi is tagging along just for Zeke. He wants to kick the shit out of Aaron. Trust me. Well, yeah, exactly. There's that too. <laughs> you see, my issue with Levi is that while I love the development of Tushik and Sheena, he's not, he's not been a strong presence since, apart from with Zeke and his passing comments i agree with you that levi has more to offer than that and he you know is has a bigger purpose than that overall in the manga but i feel there hasn't been a lot to work with since chapter 115 other than a few snarky comments about zeke or in part and i think that's mm -hmm. a problem and it makes sense because he's been out of the scene he's injured so perhaps we'll get a bit more conversation from him that can help develop that but for now that's my concern like that's why i don't want him near zeke because i want him to do something more and leave him alone um i mean i wouldn't mind if erin beats the f or zeke is left dead somewhere and then Levi walks over and kills him but I can't imagine <laughs> that being satisfying for Levi in the slightest I don't think Levi would ex I mean he probably would execute him but that's not Levi's style 
maybe it would be with Zeke. I don't know. But I, Levi's, you know. I think with Zeke, it, I, I think, think with Zeke, it Levi is a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. But he's a petty bitch. I mean, he absolutely <laughs> would. No doubt. No doubt if he got the chance, he would take Zeke down just for yeah. fun. He's compassionate and nice guy, but yeah, no way. He'd, he'd take the shot. I do like the banter as well. Zeke and Levi always take the piss out of each other and insult each other like children. I love that as well. That's always great for them. Yeah, they have such yeah. a good dynamic. If I if if Zeke only gets one more conversation with one more person, I want it to be Aaron too. But I would absolutely miss the, the dynamic of Zeke and Levi. That's just been it's been good stuff. I think your criticism about Levi not having a lot to do since one fifteen has kind of been true of every character at some point. They seem, you know, Isayama seems to have a lot of trouble balancing the cast. That's true, but like Levi was blown to bits. And then when he woke up, was like, must kill Zeke. <laughs> and then he was just like a mute after that. So, I-, I mean, I prefer the way he's treated Annie. Like if he's done with Annie for now, send her away. And then, yeah. you know, pick her back up later. As opposed to characters just kind of being D- yeah, dragging the story yeah. for two years. My big thing with Zeke and Eric as well is that Zeke always has fought. He's always had internal strife. His entire, his entire narrative is about family. His father, obviously his relationship with Todd Xavier, mm-hmm. and obviously his relationship with Eren. It's always been about family. And what would be worse than being killed by the person he tried to save because of his own relationship with his own father? It would be a massive slap in Zeke's face. And it would be awful, but does he not deserve it to a degree for what he did? You know, I mean, I think if Zeke's going to die, it would be worse for Zeke to die by the hands of someone like Eren, who, you know... Than Levi. So those that want Zeke to die and want revenge, it would be probably better for them if it was Aaron that killed him than Levi contextually for me. But I understand what people say about Levi versus Zeke. You know, but I mean, it would be cool seeing two old, well, wounded and, you know, expired in the case of Zeke dying soon anyway. (laughs) Warriors just kind of hitting each other, you know, slapping each other in the face like, (laughs) something something like that would be cool. (laughs) Slap on tight, maybe. Andrew, I was so, so mad at how Aaron treated Zeke. Like, he has not shown that man a moment of kindness, not Mm -hmm. a moment. And I realized Zeke didn't necessarily deserve a moment of kindness. I mean, they're related. And, you know, that's that doesn't Mm -hmm. matter, right? But I was Aaron's, Aaron's just complete disdain. He did not like Aaron just stuck the knife in Zeke and just kept twisting and twisting and twisting. And And that was painful. Just just letting you know. Like those those paths chapters. He's done were everything painful. for Aaron, like because he didn't want Aaron to suffer like he had, and everything. Aaron just like I don't care. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's don't awful. Care. I hate you. You're yeah. an idiot, and I hate you. <laughs> There's this theory that I was kicking about the other day that maybe what if Zeke is actually still in pathways, and I say that because of the fact that when Aaron touches Ymir, we don't see what happens after that. Perhaps Zeke is still in pathways mentally. His consciousness is so obviously, yeah, he's dead in the present day story in the narrative. His body was disintegrated when Eren transformed. But for Zeke, even though he's dead in the present day, he would have been stuck there for goodness knows how many hundreds of years on his own anyway, before his body with those, you know, because Eren's head, all those years that had passed. Maybe, you know, we'll get something like that at some point. I don't know. That would be interesting, but mm. I think. So you you think Zeke is no, still No, no, no. That's one of my ideas that he's, he's dead in the present day. Like he's mm. not alive now. But in pathways in the past, he would be alive 
Wait, so an afterlife? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god! I said anything, but no, I think he's with Aaron. But oh. I wouldn't mind if he was already dead. <laughs> if I could reach through my screen, I would. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see him return at some point. He's not going to be gone forever. He's, there's going to be something with him, and I, I hope it's interesting. I would hope for Zeke to stay in Pat's. That that he would take over um, OG Emir's mm-hmm. role if there is such a thing because indeed Emir was trapped in there all alone forever like even for Zeke now that I'm thinking about it like such a horrible fate <sighs> I mean the mass kick in the face with so many people including Montaku that didn't like him for so long only to see him suffer that way mm-hmm. <laughs> your fantasy my fantasy Zeke scenario would be him meeting Historia. I just feel like, you know, Historia and him have a lot in common. I would have loved for them to have met. Have- and I don't think it's going to happen now unless they meet unless they meet in paths. But Historia's whole mission about, you know, anyone who feels unwanted or unloved or, you know, who's suffering, I want to tell them that they're not unimportant, you know, that they're important. And, I just it it it's what Zeke has needed to hear since he was eight years old. So, but you know, maybe in past it'll happen. You know, I don't know, but all all the things I wanted that may not happen. But yeah, that would be Aaron killing Zeke would be awful, absolutely awful. So of course that's what I want. <laughs> we can agree on that. Surprisingly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I still think Connie has the most reason to kill Zeke out of everyone because. He is responsible for the death of his family, and he didn't seem very remorseful about it. I mean, like, no offense, but... I mean, Levi's family is the Survey Corps, and he wiped out 199 of them, so... Yeah, but in in retrospect, we understand why. (laughs) I think if Connie killed him, I'd be really pissed off as well, because... There's just been no, I mean, you don't need build-up, but there should have been at least something prior of him commenting about it at some point in the past two years. Um, I know he hates him and everything, and he wants to get back at him, but it's just, it would be underwhelming, I guess you could say. Deserved, yes. Narratively speaking, bad. Yeah. Um, if you get yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I do, I do. All right, I think we have discussed this topic ad nauseum at this point. <laughs> All right, we have some questions. From Twitter, uh, Andrew, I'll let you answer this one. Of the remaining alive characters, excluding Aaron, which three do you personally want to survive to the Zeke. end? Um, I'm not even taking the Michael. I'd love if he lived and he was the one holding the baby at the end. Um, uh, yeah, I'm being serious. Um, I've got my own reasons for it, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not a joke. Yeah, Zeke's one of them. So four more, three more characters, yeah? So you can three more Three in total, Zeke and two others. As a joke, I'd say Reiner, but I think he deserves to die. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see uh, Gabby and Falco. Can they be like one, like one group? I'd like to be both. Sure, we'll give so it Zeke, to you. Zeke, Gabby and Falco. Mikasa, I'd say. I think Mikasa deserves to live to the end and have a happy life. Okay, one minute. The question was, who do I think will live till the end or who do I want to live till the end? Do you personally want? Which three do you personally okay, want? Okay, Zeke. Uh, Jean and probably Gabriel Falco. Yeah. What about you, Sika? Personally, mm-hmm. I'd say the kids too. Um, 
Mikasa and Annie. Hmm. Luna? Um well, Colt, of oh, course. Oh. Colt, 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 Colt. <laughs> uh, no. I wanted to I wanted to let you do that yeah. name drop, not okay. me. So. <laughs> I was like waiting for it. I was like, okay. I was giving that one to you. Good, good. Yeah. With Reiner, I like I always expected him to die, but now that it's that we're close to the end, I almost don't want him to. Like, I want him to live. Or even worse, like, he finally gets the will to live and then Isayama kills him off. That would even be worse. Ugh. So, yeah. I uh, Even though I should know better, I'm going to say Reiner. Um, and Jean. I really want Jean. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is hard. Yeah, I'll also go with the kids, Falco and Gabi, then. Also, I should bring up the the final guessing game. You guys remember that we posted that one a couple months ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, let me see what uh, most people actually do think that Falco and Gabby will be alive by the end, followed by Mikasa and Armin. Really? Yes, yes okay. with more than 100 votes for them out of like 125 in total. <laughs> wow. So, and... Funny enough, um, only 14 people thought Flach was going to live. And 111 thought he was the top choice for being dead. 111 people thought he was going to die. So that was funny. Oh, and Hanji was like a 50-50 split. Like on, uh, mm-hmm. on people who thought they were going to die or live. So I think as of right now, um, around 50 people had those two deaths correct. You know, the game is still wide open at this point anyway. Like, there's so okay. many options. So 50 people so far so are far, still in it. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're winning right now, but it could change with the next two character deaths. So we don't know. It could. We don't know. Um, or, you know, at the end, most people could still be alive and everyone will be wrong. <laughs> Let's see who is next on the list of, like, ending up dead. Yeah, Zeke is... I'm sure it'll be Yelena. Zeke and Yelena. Oh, wait, no, no. Yeah. Uh, Ani's dad and, and Reiner's mom are, are higher than those. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, fun times, fun times. Um, yeah, so and I, I, was, I thought let me bring that up because people were probably wondering if we uh, were still keeping track. We still need to come up with like something to give away to the winner. The prize. Yeah. 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 Do you guys have any suggestions, Sika, Andrew? Hmm. Like, when you do giveaways, is it like, it'll be something online, would it be? Or would it be something, like, physical? Or No, no, no. We've sent, like, uh, keychains and stuff to former mm-hmm. prize winners before. So, like, attack on. I want to, I have um, a small stack of those um SNK, the final exhibit posters, which I think would be really, they're kind of nice. They're a cool, a cool keepsake from the series. They are. Next, this one's going to Sika. So Hoovered Brawny on Twitter, Armin or Reiner? Who will defeat Aaron in the end? And you might have already answered this, but let's get it. You said, you think. I think, I think Reiner. I think Reiner will be the one to do it. Um, I mean, obviously Armin will play some part, but I think Reiner will be the one to deal with the 
Do you still think um, so, Luna? I see Armin more as the person who is going to stop or end Eren, and I see Reiner more as part of someone who, of the crew who might change Eren's mind on what he's doing right now. I, I don't know if Armin will be convincing enough on that end. Do you still think Reiner will be Helos? Or do you think there won't be a Helos? I, I, I really point? want him to be Helos, but I don't know if there will be. Because I, I, I want him to have like a character arc where he can look back and be satisfied with like like Hanji. I want him to get an ending like Hanji. That's where I stand with Reiner at this point. A lot of hopes and very little uh expectations of my hopes and dreams coming true. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. How about you, Andrew? Who do you think will defeat Eren in the end? Well, I, again, I, I know that Armin has that side to him where he, you know, has certain ideas and um, plans he's uh, suggested before, but I just don't see Armin killing Eren. I just, I just don't think it would fit with what my with my understanding of Armin's character and their relationship with Eren. I think he will be one that will help to bring him down, but I think if we're going on the Helos idea, or even if we're not, I think given Reiner and Eren's relationship, I think it would be more satisfying if Reiner was the one to finish him. But again, I know that we've discussed the Avengers ending before. I think it's going to be a team effort, but I think out of Armin and Reiner, it would have to be Reiner that I would go with out of those two that would do the final blow. Or be the one that, you know, makes the wounding blow that puts him out of action, but not necessarily dead. What about you, man? Oh, I, I don't really have a strong You're opinion You're fine either way as long I'm, as Eren dies. <laughs> I... No, you know me. I don't want. I don't want anyone to die except for I mean, your children. I, I don't even like thinking about it. So, <laughs> I I am just. I am along for the ride. I am. A, I have the things I care about, and I have mm. talked to you about them. And everyone knows my. I know my I hopes know. and wishes for this series. I got a couple, so I'll I'll keep my list small. <laughs> so our last question from Twitter was TJ the Great. Wanted to know that even though this arc isn't finished yet, would we rank it in the top three of our personal favorites in the series so far? Is this arc, Sika, is it in the top three of your favorites? Or I don't really want to speak to that till it's done, but I, I, I guess I'll put it as like number three for right now. I mean, I doubt it will go any higher than that, but I mean, it is the final arc and a lot of big things are happening. So I would say bottom three for me Andrew what about you I'm probably the same as Seeker I'll probably go and put it on third myself Luna I mean I think my favorites are still Marley and then Trost and the third I wouldn't really know for sure but it, it's not this arc um, it's better than Uprising uh, and I think there were some really really good chapters in this arc but also a couple of quite bad ones and I think especially the first half um, pacing wise was a mess so uh, I mm-hmm. I don't think this will be at the top of my list but who knows how it ends maybe the ending will blow me away so much that I think wow <laughs> so who knows at this point the answer is it's not in my top three no not in mine either but we'll see what happens uh, it's just been too inconsistent so we'll see. I it it's just too and it's too long. Like that it, too. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. too it really fast. Is. Yeah, yeah. But in the beginning, it was too slow, in my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. So 
it might have been better if we split into like two smaller arcs. Like, was it the start of the manga? I don't know because you got the, you got the yeah, like an arc that followed after one one six or one one five. That was all the flashbacks, everything on Paradise. Then the rumbling arc could be like this one here. I don't know, but we'll see what. I mean, technically, doesn't Izayama not name the actual arcs? We are the community. Name no, he doesn't ourselves. No, but so couldn't we potentially, you know, get a movement going and put it into two <laughs> arcs? I don't know how that works. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I don't even know who settles on these things, but Marley was definitely a complete arc. So I guess yeah. people are just assuming this is the next. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So what are you guys hoping to see next chapter? Prediction time. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Andrew, you go first. What are you hoping to see next chapter? I would like to get a bit of, uh, I mean, of course, I'd love to see Aaron and Zeke talk. That's obviously a big highlight of mine or maybe something. I like the part with Aaron, but I don't think we need to see anything else about Aaron right now. I think right now the focus should be on perhaps the one of fourth uh, the warriors or the alliance as they call them moving away towards Eren and perhaps having that be the climax of the chapter where they get to Eren or they see his shape and it's all its glory or something like that um so i'd like to see a bit of conversation about them in the upcoming fight we've got some context some last conversations a bit of dialogue you know maybe something heavy like that before the final fight so i'd like to see the, them on the plane on the way to Eren with the final shot being them looking out at Eren's titan form or again, with Zeke and Aaron too. But hopefully that is uh, going to be later on. And you, Sika? Um, yeah, I I just hope we get some type of plan laid out. Um, just so that way they're not going in blind. But at, at least that's what I'd hope to see. I feel like we'll probably wind up seeing Aaron next chapter. But I, I just want to see something, some type of plan. And if we have to see Aaron, I wouldn't mind seeing like a Aaron with the 104th or even like a, a what, what do they call them? The trio EMA, something mm-hmm. with them. But I just, I, I kind of want just a little bit of talking and just making a plan and a break from all the, the action. Cause we got a lot of that this chapter. <laughs> Having a plan would be good. A good idea. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, up to this point, they've just been winging it. It's like, all right, we got to get to the boat. All right, we got to get to the flying plane. Now we're in the flying plane going to Aaron. So obviously the main plan is to stop him and or kill him. But like, how are we going to do that? That's what I'd like to see. For me, I just need, I need Historia's story wrapped up. And I don't see how it's going to happen at this point. Because when? Yeah. Like, when, where does it even fit in? Where's it going to fit in to this? Unless we completely break the action now after Hanji's death and go focus on Zeke if he's alive on the ground somewhere, which I agree with Andrew. He's probably not. He's with Aaron. Um, but some, some, the rest of that conversation that got cut out of chapter 130 is what I would like to see. What about you, Luna? Yeah, I was, I'm kind of split between like, um, Mikasa and Armin finally catching up with Eren and, you know, trying to talk no jutsu or, and just angst or indeed like <laughs> wrapping up some plot points before we get to like the final fight, which is indeed like Zeke and Historia and all of that. So, cause if we're not going to get it mm-hmm. now, like you said, I'm not sure we're ever going to get it until or at least until ever, everything is over. And I'm not sure I want it be, when everything is over. I kind of want it now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's difficult. Well, we're thinking four chapters left, right? After 
Four. Three. So October, four. November, December, January. Four. Yeah. And that that's what you're <laughs> Bring it. If it's one if it's five chap no. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> COVID be damned, I'm going to Japan. <laughs> mm. Sika, how long have you been in the fandom? How long have I been in the fandom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I wanna say like late twenty thirteen. I saw season Jeez. Yeah, I've been pretty quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um very very quiet. Um but no, I, I pretty much fandom after I watched uh, season one of the anime. And then I just kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. But yeah, I've just quietly been in the background, just, you know, observing everything. So you're a fan as well, like Momtaku. You've seen it all. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> safe to say. Yeah, so fandom dinosaur, <laughs> I guess, would be appropriate. I'm excited about the end. And and I do think like these last few chapters, and there's always missteps. We can pick apart, you know, the things that happen and some of the plot conveniences he's relied on or, you know, c- certain things just seem a little forced. But all in all, I, you know, the, 126 was a weak chapter. This was a very mm-hmm. good chapter. Mm-hmm. And I think last chapter was a very mm-hmm. good chapter as well. They definitely, he definitely is not slacking off here at the end, not in terms no, no. of art, not in terms of story. I just hope he wraps up those plot threads. Mm-hmm. So It's strange because I know that you mentioned uh, Siki. This was my first ever anime. I, mean, I didn't watch oh, wow. anime until I was 18. My, back in 2012. If you don't mind me just uh, saying this, because it, it is weird, I think, for all of us here. But my, 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 one of my mates was like, oh, you should watch Attack on Titan. And I'm like, I wouldn't dare watch anime. It's for nerds and things. <laughs> you know, I was that typical <laughs> idiot. Uh, university, but I watched it, loved it. Started watching anime from there. I read the manga as well. Uh, first ever manga was Attack on Titan. Got to, I think it was uh, level. I think it was chapter forty-seven or forty-eight. It was wrapping up the Clash of Titan arc. But yeah, it's it's bizarre that you mentioned it, Montaku. That you know it, it's wrapping up because essentially for it all is. of us here, it's been like a eight, nine, ten year journey. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's it's mental. Yeah. And I followed a little bit of your journey, so I know you've thrown in the towel a couple times with Attack on Titan, Andrew. But yeah, I yeah, assume I have, you're yeah. in it till the end. Now we've got yeah, just yeah. a few months left. We can, we can hang in there, guys. We got <laughs> almost this. Almost done. Almost done. We just need our last few characters to die off. I didn't start until 2016, I think. So, like, <laughs> I haven't been in it as long as you guys have. Am I cheating? Because I read the manga up to 47, then didn't pick it up again until 2017. So am I technically cheating? Well, I was at uni and <laughs> you know, you I, I read it, I loved it, but I was like, ah. do I have to wait a month? I was like, oh, I'll leave it for a bit and waited like four years. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm cheating when I say I'm part of the fandom, but you, you got a little break, I think. But you've, as a content creator, all the content that you've put out, you've more than paid your dues, so... You have hours and hours and hours of Attack on Titan content out there. Well, I did. <laughs> but yes, I've done loads of it. It, it, it's, <laughs> well, yeah. it's, been, it's been a wild ride. It's definitely been. But anyway, sorry, Luna, I think you were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, um, Luna, I didn't even get to talk about whether or not you thought Reiner looked handsome in this Ah, uh, duh. Like the I, first I panel, it. I saw him pulling that vote in. I was like, yes, 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 yes. We can't end this without some thirst, you know? The first thing Cash and I did was like rank the six dudes pulling that boat in. We were like one Reiner, two Ayankapun, 
three jaw and then the rest <laughs> last the asian guy <laughs> who was dying <laughs> it was pretty hot we got we definitely got the man service this month even though it wasn't topless there was enough man yes. service in this what about the guy with glasses <laughs> the little guy the, the, the little what about him engineer yes yeah. the, the guy who was like dying every panel like they all looked <laughs> really really <Yeah>. dead <laughs> and exhausted oh the Azumabitos need to work out a little bit more, I mean, sure. Kiyomi was shoveling that coal like a pro, though. Like, who would have thought? <laughs> that was like a six-man job, and she was doing it on her own. Kiyomi's it was still tough. random. It says a lot about her character in such a small little panel. I loved it as well, mm -hmm. as a little thing. Yeah. Now, before we sign off, we have decided to invite one last special guest to salute his boy, Flock Forrester. Polka, how are you holding up, my dude? I'm doing all right, yeah. It's, it's, it's a sad day. It's a very sad day. It was a day I always saw happening, you know. There was never any imagine, <laughs> like any thought in my mind that he was ever going to come out of this manga alive, uh, despite my deepest, darkest fantasies. But no, <laughs> it's a hard death because I think... Did you? Was it a good death? It's better than I hoped for. He didn't, he didn't end up being a coward or a just a selfish bastard so i guess that's a, a plus and it wasn't gabby who killed him it was mikasa yeah how do you feel about that i wish it was jean i always <laughs> wish it was jean oh should have been jean let me ask you this sort of been jean with the rock in shiganchina <laughs> yeah. oh no oh, that would be so funny <laughs> <laughs> I want to get your opinion on this. We got an, uh, an ask on Twitter. Minty asked us, do we think that Jean, that Flock's final words would have any impact on Jean? What do you think, Polka? It's, it's a hard one because he obviously has a very visual reaction to it. And I assume that Jean and Flock were at least friends. That They always seem to be together. If not lovers. I mean, I've seen the oh, art yeah. you posted. <laughs> we've, we've seen that. We've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. But no, no, we, we, they're at least friends. So I think that like... <laughs> I mean, Flock, Flock's like the, Flock was the easy path for Jean. He could have just gone, I'll just go with him and then I'll have a live, live a somewhat decent life, you know, as Flock wanted them to. I think him watching Flock die is of that last hope of uh, living an easy life gone, I guess. <laughs> that last lingering season one Jean just dying away with him. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was quite a brutal death as well. Holy shit. Yeah. Harpoon through the neck. Did you think that he was on the boat or did you think he was at the port? Oh, I, I think the first thing I ever said when I saw him go in the water was he's definitely in that boat. <laughs> okay. It's, it's such a cop-out. It's such a, such a cheap trick that they always do in anime. I don't know why. <laughs> the whole fake out death. I've seen it so many times, in, especially mm -hmm. in like your, your average shonen. No offense to this thing, um, obviously. I'm not saying that it's, Attack on Titan is average shonen. Though, um, there's a very average shonen trick. The way he like dies, but there's yeah. no body shown, so he's definitely going to appear later. It's, it's a very common thing. Though I did like your idea where he'd be executed by the end of it for like war crimes. I know. What's up with that? Well, I know last month you, you said, because we had you on the anniversary podcast, yes. and I think you said the actual words, please flock die, put me out of my misery. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride and a wild because mm. I think Neat does it best the way he just says that there's so much potential of this character that was just squandered. The amount of times I saw that, like the 
that they would build them up as something that like a new thing and then they just completely break it and then build them like isayama would build them up for a new thing then break him as the plot demanded it to be so seeing him like so every time he built up i was like i'm, I'm getting hyped you know my, my character's finally gonna have his like time he's, he's gonna it's gonna kick ass or something or do something at least be a decent character and then and then he just break them down and then build up to a new plot device you know even even now even now after his little genocidal warblings to um kiyomi uh about how oh your culture's gonna be destroyed haha and then like now he's like <laughs> the eldian people uh, like that you know <laughs> it's sort of it's 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 very yeah very inconsistent so it's i'm kind of yeah. glad it's over i'm kind of glad that his final words was him being a selfless person kind of i guess he's selfish because <laughs> he wants to sell his people over someone else's but he's still it's not just he's not just thinking about himself he's thinking about someone else so you're happy i mean as happy as you can be when your favorite character dies yeah i mean i don't know how you feel i i thought it was a good death no i mean about uh, Hanji, uh hanji like i i don't know oh. like i can only imagine the pain of your one your one wasn't even necessary Oh, Loki just. I think Flocka's character is it's very interesting. If you could, if you piece together all these different personalities he's had on the plot, you can sort of form a overarching view if you want to go a bit Reddit mode on it. Aside from your uh, opinions on Flock, we also will have you back on for another reason, and that's uh, another quick fire round. Yeah, but yeah, let's let's mm. do the. Uh, Quick fire round, right? So we haven't seen it this time, so it's going to be a surprise for all of us. Yeah, so I'll just go down with the um, uh, the, the the listings on the Discord, which is uh, Fire Lord, Luna, Montaku, uh, Andrew, and me. So, okay. which death was better in your opinion, Flock's death or Hanji's death? Oh God, Hanji, Flock, because I was just happy to see him go. <laughs> Hanji. Look. Sorry, I'm just thinking. It's your quick yeah, fire. Just... You shouldn't have to think. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> and now, now I think about it, it's pretty like... Ah, fuck it, Flock. There we go, because it's my favorite character. <laughs> Annie or Reiner? Oh. Oh, come on. Reiner. Good, good, good girl. <laughs> Reiner. <laughs> Reiner. Reiner. Uh, yeah, Reiner. Easy. Yay, we're all in agreement. <laughs> Mikasa or Armin? Mikasa. Mikasa. Arm Mikasa. <laughs> Armin. Mikasa. Yelena or Piek? Peek. Peek. Yelena. Yelena. Yeah, Peek didn't even let Hanji run her back. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> afterlife. So do, do you agree with the afterlife theory or like the dying vision theory? Is there an afterlife, or was that just what Hanji saw when they were dying? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, I'll have to go with Vision as well. Uh, afterlife. Vision. Vision. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're too optimistic by the idea that like they all go to some special place in the sky. Whatever. Yeah, that, that's Mamtaku for this entire manga. Too optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is one especially for you, Andrew. All right. Eren did nothing wrong. 
Or Zeke did nothing wrong. Uh, Zeke did nothing wrong. Ah, okay. And then for the rest of you, Aaron or Zeke? Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron. What? Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute sound of betrayal on your voice. <laughs> I feel like Zeke felt with Aaron in Pathways right now. You know, you betrayed me and everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, next one. Shadis or Erwin? Erwin. 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 Who is alive, by the way? Shadowin. That was terrible. (laughs) Mist ending or Marvel ending? Marvel. Oh, I'm so torn. Mist. Yes. Let's let's see the world born. Marvel. Mist. Mist. Jean or Connie? Jean. 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 Right, and then thank God, because the hacker group known as Anonymous sent a Montacchio thing on Tumblr <laughs> saying about how uh, that they're a really big fan and they want to. Um, well, they didn't give you a shout out, but they gave you another clip fire round. So I think that's very good of them. So this is the Anon on Tumblr. Yeah, it's, it's Anonymous, the hacker group Anonymous on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to steal your job. Yeah, they're, they're a very nice person because they're actually making my life a lot easier. <laughs> This is capitalism. I should pay them. Um, right. Freckled Ymir or Historia? Historia. Freckled Ymir. I'm a Freckled Ymir girl too. Yeah, Historia. Historia. Louise or Hitch? Hitch. Hitch. <laughs> Hitch. Hitch, yeah. Hitch. Nanaba, is that how you pronounce that? Nanaba? There we go. Nanaba or Rico? Ooh, Rico. Mm, Nanaba. Nanaba. The manga version of Banana, Nanaba, whatever her name is. (laughs) Banana (laughs) Girl, yeah. Banana, Banana Party. Yeah, I've got to go with uh, Nanaba as well. Because Rico just vanished from thin air, apparently. Sasha or Mikasa? Mikasa. Potato Girl. Mikasa. 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 Petra or Nifa? I generally don't know who Nifa is because someone <laughs> please from Punk. <laughs> Petra. Petra, yeah. Petra. 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 Which colossal titan do you prefer? Bertolt's or Almonds? Bert's. Bert's. Bert. Almonds. I've got to say Almonds as well. Santa Titan or Baby Titan? I think that's like the anti-vax Titan. <laughs> Santa Titan. Uh, the, the Baby Titan. <laughs> baby Titan. Baby Titan as well, yeah. I've got to say Santa Titan, you know, it's got all that lore and backstory with the... Uh... Wasn't one of those Baby Titans supposed to be Connie's siblings? 100% that one then. Original ODM gear versus the new ODM gear or the omnidirectional maneuver gear. <laughs> the new one. Mm, I think I like the old one. I definitely like the new one. Old one. I love the new one <laughs> so much. It's very steampunk, yeah. and I do, mm-hmm. do enjoy it. Okay, Jean's omelette or Sasha's <laughs> gourmet? Jean's omelette. Yeah, Jean's omelette. Jean's omelette. Connie's mm-hmm. pie. 
probably John's <laughs> almost <laughs> That's the best answer. Uh, pie. It's the only answer. Come on now. Yeah, Levi's cravat or um or crav crave or crav cravinitlat or Macassar's scarf. The cravat. Neither, but just a cravat because that scarf must smell horribly <laughs> by now. At least you know the cravat's clean. <laughs> exactly. I go with Levi's Levi's cravat. I go yeah. for the exact same reason <laughs> cravat. Yeah, I, I go the same as well. And just because I love controversy, the last one. This is bound to get you a few lovely comments oh, like oh. I see on the other uh, videos. Erin oh, Historia or Erin Macassar? Which is your preferred one? <laughs> um, I'll go with Erin Mikasa. Um, Erin Historia, because at least they seem equals in whatever kind of relationship they have, which is non-romantic at all. Erin Mikasa. That was a very confident answer. Momtaku definitely believes in that. Um, comments below. I bro TP Aaron and Historia very much. I think they have a great relationship. But if this is about a romantic pairing, uh, Aaron and Mikasa is the one that I think has the most build up in the manga. And uh, finally, Andrew. See, that's my problem. I always find the Mikasa and Aaron want to be kind of one sided. But again, as you said, the Aaron and Historia one is more like friends. So I'll probably go with Aaron and Mikasa. Don't tell anyone I said that, Paul. I'll go Aaron Historia. And uh, I've got a few just like quick questions, uh, very important ones. Will Annie find a dad? Yes or no? No. Mm, yes. 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 I've got to go with the yes. It's built up too much. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's alive if she finds him. It'd probably just be like a pancake on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she'll be able to recognize him <laughs> in that state. <laughs> okay. Uh, will Aaron die? And if so, who kills him? Jeez. Uh, yes. And Reiner? Yes. Mm. Helios. Armin. Yes, and Ymir. Yes, and Ymir. And I'm going to go yes, and hopefully Mikasa. And, and then finally, the most important one. Did the boat sex happen? Oh, we discussed that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what? Have you already discussed this? <laughs> boat sex is like legendary now. We have to. We did. I can't. So you, you ladies brought it up, but I, I don't still grasp what this is. Is it, is it like just a fan fiction or something? Oh yeah. So we got a we got a question once mm -hmm. on a uh, previous podcast. That was when before they set out to Odiha, like if we thought there was gonna be some boat mm -hmm. sex, a like Game of Thrones. And we were just so, you know, bewildered by the question that it's become a meme at this point. And then it was confirmed. Yeah, Armin got that WAP. Good for him. I mean... <laughs> I cannot take the term WAP seriously. It's the first... I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Momtaku is getting the reference. I don't know if she's getting the reference. I'm just sitting here quietly hoping it ends soon. <laughs> When you say boat sex, is it just Armin and Fanny, or is this like any character that was on the boat? I think it was just love boat. Was it going to become a love boat in a general? A love boat or so a sex any... boat? That was the question. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, I see. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't specific to a single ship. It was just the nature no. of the ship. You know, they're on their way to die. They're a bunch of teenagers on their way to save the world or die trying. So things happen. Unless you're yeah. Reiner, you just want to kill yourself, so <laughs> poor Reiner. He did get a hug from Annie, so that was very sweet. Yeah. 
So now that wraps up our chapter discussion. Any final thoughts or comments that we missed? <coughs> Aaron Yeager did nothing wrong. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, I take it, Sika. Oh. This is how he ends every no, stream. I mean, no. <laughs> Seeker, I've got a shot. I've got, I literally bought a shot online that I wear for streams and literally has the words Erin Yeager did nothing wrong on the front of it. Oh my with God. This on the back of it from the manga. But Andrew, oh when God. you bought that shirt, you sincerely believed Erin Yeager did nothing wrong, right? You thought he was yeah, going to yeah, do a yeah. partial rumbling and. Yep. Mm -hmm. And there was that one chapter, I think, where I tore my shirt off with that underneath, like, you know, like <laughs> discount Superman or something. And, like, that was uh, a sight. These days I hide it just in case. I had watched that stream. That was a great stream when you did that because like two seconds later, like Aaron did everything wrong. Oh yeah, so. bad timing on my part. So Renan and I have a wager going that if about Historia's pregnancy and if I lose, whichever of us loses has to wear an embarrassing t-shirt. And my t-shirt that I have to wear in public and photograph myself wearing is either going to be like Flock doing the shush face <laughs> or an Aaron Yeager did nothing wrong shirt. So just so you know. And if uh, Reedan loses, she's going to make him wear like the gayest Aruri t-shirt out there. <laughs> the gayest Aruri art I can find. <laughs> or, or just some kind of a t-shirt with Levi flying saying like, you know, some Chuck Norris quote over top of Levi, like he's a huge Levi fanboy, which I think would be hilarious. <laughs> so I think he'd, pref I think that would be the worst of the two options for Renan. So I might join you in owning an Aaron Yeager did nothing wrong t-shirt one of these days. I've made a couple of patients <laughs> <laughs> as well. Ship it out, <laughs> ship it out. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Don't worry. You do that. Oh, we should get a PO box uh, just for shit like uh, this. <laughs> We really should. <laughs> I made a promise that if Gwena doesn't appear, you know, Gwena, uh, if he doesn't appear before the end, then I've got to, I don't know what I had to do, but I had to do something and everyone's adamant about oh, it Lord. as well. So. Well, they'll they'll remind you. <laughs> I'm hoping he'll appear like at the very last chapter when like the world comes mm. together and he's just there in the background. So I'm you don't have to do whatever embarrassing thing exactly. that you have committed yep. to doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our discussion. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. We want to thank Andrew and Sika for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you guys both so much. Thank you for having me. It was uh, very kind of you to invite me and I've enjoyed it. Time has flown today. Really flown. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> How does it compare to like monologuing about a chapter, like having a discussion with all of us? Well, Andrew does his like. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right? You're still doing those, aren't you? I think your, your, yours is definitely fl flows a lot better. And I think it's a lot more. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Don't tell my team. <laughs> I enjoy yours. I enjoy doing this more than I would do one of my own, to be honest. Because there's a lot of different, different opinions, but it's very structured. Everyone's taking their turns. It's just a lot smoother. And I like it a lot. I might actually have to start watching them in the future every month now until the end. There you go. Dun, dun. And I can watch the other ones, the old ones. I <laughs> reading before bed. You, you know. can watch the one where Zeke almost died. See what our reaction was compared to yours. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll be, I'll be sat there crying. You'll be laughing Yeah, probably. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Zeke, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, ladies, so much for asking me to come on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun having you here. And surprisingly enough, you didn't bring out the southern twang in Mom Taku's voice. 
I tried <laughs> so hard. I y'all don't even understand how hard I tried to just slow down my talking because it's usually when I talk fast that it comes out if I'm kind of in the moment. But I was like, all right, enunciate, like take your time. Yeah, I think you sounded like I thought was the, oh, mom talk was influencing your acts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I came off tamed, so that's good. <laughs> Hopefully they'll understand when they transcribe the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they will. (laughs) And Sika, you are not as feisty as I thought you were going to be. I I think that's a good thing. Like, I'm still alive. I still have all my skin intact. (laughs) Well, I didn't. And and I'll be honest, you know. You held back. I I tried to behave myself. Andrew, I really thought you and I might have butted heads more I mean, we really didn't at all. I thought we might have. I think we agreed on a lot yeah. of stuff, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, like I said, I didn't know too much about you prior to this. I just, the one thing I did know was Zeke. <laughs> and for the longest time, for me, Zeke was no. <laughs> so, and I guarantee if we did a stream with Zeke in it, it would be different. <laughs> and I didn't have to fight Andrew on Hanji, which was lovely. Oh, and one more thing. Nitaku messages both of us in the Discord and said... Mamtaku, Luna, it is important to note on the podcast now that we know that there is an afterlife in AOT, that in every instance we have seen <laughs> of the SC ghost watching the surviving stories, when Hodge reaches the afterlife, Moses Braun is absent. Helos lives on. So neat wanted <laughs> okay. to get that in there. I mean, Moses Braun is isn't never that pictured. Uh, He's out somewhere yeah. eating titans. Eating titans, <laughs> parting the sea. Good for him. Neat Taku is Team Afterlife, and uh, yes, and Helos Did is okay. Moses Braun. So, thanks again. It was a lot of fun. This went really smoothly, and I, I consider it to be an honor to be on the podcast. I mean, Aww. I haven't watched, you know, listened to y'all from Inception, but from the moment I did start listening, I was hooked. Thank y'all. Yeah, thank for you for the invite, and then just thanks for all the hard work because. <laughs> I know it's, I know y'all put in some work to do this. There's no doubt. A little bit, a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. Yeah, Montaku is gonna, (laughs) (laughs) oh, that bit with Polka, it's gonna be so much fun to edit. (laughs) Do you you reckon that once you finish this, I mean, it's a way ahead. Do you reckon that you both might start doing it for another manga or something that you both read? Because that would be interesting. Yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah, we're not sure yet, but we're talking Mm -hmm. about continuing after. Avatar. Avatar. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Luna suggested it, doing a rewatch and just, you know, talking about it. It would be fun. I love that series. So it would, you know. Um, If you like this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can do so for as little as $1 a month. Or you can hit that subscribe button on YouTube because that one's free. As always, we'd like to thank our patrons, (laughs) Kenny Hughes, Taryn, Simon M. Cox, and M. And Silarana, I still hope I'm saying that right. Thank you so much. And hopefully this will be our very first transcribed podcast because we've hit our uh, our Patreon goal. So uh, yeah, should be interesting. You can read all our nonsense now as well instead of just having to listen to it. Exactly. Should be good fun. All right. <laughs> as always, thank you for offering your hearts and your ears. And until next month. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
am going to stake my claim. And if it happens, mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in the outro that I convince okay. at least somebody here that there's an afterlife. You seem like the kind of person who really believed their parents when they said, we're taking our dog to the farm. <laughs> 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 yes.